The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at Newsnet's Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects. And sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Co-hosting from the Borough of Kings. Representing BK to the fullest. Nice. I keep saying oh. that, but... What's Hold up? on. What? There we go. Okay. There we go. Yeah, it must be like I said. I keep saying this. It must be nice to come from a place where where, where you're represented in song so so uh, so often, <laughs> positively. <laughs> I should also say. <laughs> right, 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 right. Positively and negatively. You know, well, I, I, I uh, uh, a little bit behind the scenes, folks. Just before the 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 the, the show, you know, in the pre-show. I was listening to the new Nas album, King's Disease 3, and there's actually a track in which I believe it's called Hood to Hood, where Nas shouts out the different neighborhoods in, you know, Queens and Brooklyn that, that uh, you know, that, you know, that, that, uh, that you know, in just various neighborhoods. And I kind of I kind of got a kick out of that. I was like, oh, OK. You know, so he's doing a little bit of um, doing a little bit of, uh, uh, of uh, Olive Branch diplomacy here yeah you know hood to hood but at the same time there's also another track where he takes a you know like a you know kind of rephrases um south bronx by uh, uh bdp huh. you know taking okay. taking uh taking what uh krs uh once said about queens because obviously you know shan kind of, you know lost that battle uh-huh so <laughs> anyway sorry to to hijack uh, the show with some uh, music stuff. It's fine. I, f- I feel like people ex- expect it by now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Knowing us. Um, but. Okay. That really didn't work, did it? Huh. All right. Cool. Uh, but yeah, while we're, while we're here doing the intros, uh, you can also find us on this podcast. You can find us on, excuse me, blah, 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 blah. You can also find us on the CSPN. That's uh, Cold Pulls the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast, Brutal Place of Choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Cold Pulls the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. 
Um, you can also find us recording live every, well, most times every Thursday night, uh, 9.30-ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, on youtube.com slash theclicknation and uh, twitch.tv slash comicbookchronicles. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and give us all the five-star reviews. Shout out to Benji Games 2 in the chat and everybody else that is follow, that's uh, maybe in the chat, uh, whether you're lurking or, or not. All that kind of good stuff. Um, and I guess we will go ahead and just run headlong into um, the start of the show, which uh, will be a very spoiler-free impression or spoiler-free impressions of uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever since we have both seen it. Exactly. That's why that's why we're recording today, folks. We were on movie protocol yesterday, and uh, uh, some of us actually got to see it twice. <laughs> yes, that did happen. <laughs> you know, you can kind of tell who did. But uh, you know, I had the benefit of listening to some podcasts uh, in the uh, in the aftermath of my viewing, so I have a pretty uh, good take on the movie right now you know a pretty good idea of what i think of the movie right now after having heard other people really talk about it and having had the chance to, to to really talk about it after the movie with the crew i was with last night um yeah we did both see it so we're going to ring the spoiler bell because if you are not interested in hearing anything about the movie if you are one of those folks that don't want to hear anything beyond what you may have seen in the trailers you know, I definitely stayed away uh, from the trailers and commercials once we got two weeks out from release date. So I sympathize with you. So in that uh, vein, possible spoilers, but we're going to keep it as spoiler free as possible. Incoming in three, two, one. All right. So, so I think we should start off by you, Agent 70, telling me what you told people. Um, um, in my spoiler free yes. note, yes. right? So I'm going to pull that up. I posted it to the social so you can follow me at agent at agent underscore 70 on Insta. And I did post that there. So what I'm going to do is read this exactly as it's written. So if you want to follow me on Insta, you can find me at at agent underscore 70. It is a public account. You know, you're welcome to follow. This is what I wrote. Go see Wakanda forever. I just got back and it is quite literally chock full of story and developments that move the MCU forward while concluding the current phase. Keep in mind that it is two hours and 40 minutes long, so watch your beverage intake. (laughs) So... That is as spoiler-free as it gets, folks, other than the runtime, which can be kind of a spoiler if you're keeping track of that stuff. But at two hours and 40 minutes, good luck figuring that one out. Right. And I'm just going to add, so we can just get the the, the stuff that people kind of usually want to talk about or or get out of the way. way. There is a mid-credit scene, but there is no end-credit scene. Correct. So... Like once you start seeing, uh, you know, the 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 black background and the names uh, floating by, you're good. Yeah, the long scroll, right? Mm-hmm. The long scrolling credits. 
right? That's how you have to remember to differentiate it. I mean, exactly. once you get to the mid credits, you already know that it's, you know, if you really need to go to the bathroom, that's your opportunity. <laughs> once that's there, there, there is that also. Um, that being right. said, um, what were your impressions? Spoiler light, spoiler free. I'm just going to say that I, I did enjoy it, the, even if I had not seen it the second time, but I did pick up on like one or two little things that I didn't, because I try to, as Agent 70 knows, I try to go in with as much intent uh, paid to it, you know, try to pick up everything I had, because there's no telling whether I will get back to see the movies again. It just so happened to be, and this time, you know, this is one of the few times where that actually happened, where I could see it more than one time, uh, or specifically before we talk about it also. But I enjoyed the movie. It definitely, um, it it is definitely will grab you by the feels in a couple of spots where you you did not expect. Well, let me phrase that where you did expect actually. Um, um, right. Well, so, where you did and didn't and didn't because exactly. That's fair. Yes. That is a fair assessment because there is there are definitely some unexpected times when the feels will come up and. Uh, come up and bite you. Yeah, yeah, and 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 from at the beginning and, and near the end, it, like there's there's a couple of points to where that happens. Like without saying too much more than that. Um, exactly. I don't think there will be too many people disappointed in this movie. I know there's always going to be talked about it before the show. There's always going to be those people for one reason or another. But I right. do not believe that if you were a fan of the first one. Uh, I think you will still not be disappointed with this. Obviously, knowing you know if things were different, this would probably be a slightly different movie. It'd probably be a way different oh, movie. Of uh, but um, or maybe in some ways not because there's some because there I was thinking about that and I won't go into like specific stuff. But like I don't know, there are some things that probably would have still could have and probably would have still happened. You know. Had, like Chadwick had not passed. Right, right. And obviously the script for this was definitely different. Right. Right? And any and, and it's not a spoiler to say that Namor features uh prominently in this movie. And what I will say is that um in you know had had you know in an alternate timeline and with Chadwick Boseman not, you know, uh, succumbing to his illness, this would have been po- possibly the third movie in the Black Panther trilogy with a name or being featured, depending on the production times. You know what I mean? I kind of wondered. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you're probably right. Like they would have done another story because and then would have one. adapted right because right. the because the the source material for Black Panther features name more prominently in more recent times right this is a newer vintage black panther story and you know we're talking avx folks avx is not that long ago actually yeah i was about to say there is there is some parts of stuff before avx but yes correct Right. Giving, with, no, but that's primarily yes. where this is adapted, you know, right. aspects of the story, not the whole story, but right. aspects of the story are adapted from. Right, right. And so ultimately, right, and before that, obviously, you know, there's the whole, you know, king, you know, monarch against monarch. 
right? You know, like the way they de- dealt with each other as, you know, fellow Avengers and fellow characters in the Marvel Universe. And so, uh, you know, that's that, that, that was developed, you know, well before AVX. But ultimately, that's the way I saw it. And, you know, I, I think that would be, you know, a great way to kind of tie up a Black Panther trilogy. So it's a shame that we didn't get that. That's that would be my that would be my, uh, you know, assessment of, you know, kind of like the overall telling of the Black Panther story, because it's a shame that we didn't get the story that Coogler wanted to tell and to save Namor for the third movie. But yeah, but it, it, it can probably say that I don't think we've seen the last of Namor. I don't think that oh no, for sure, for sure. No, but but my point being, right, right. Point being that that would have been the time to bring, you know, that type of story in. Mm-hmm. Right. No, so, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. So um, I will say that um, <clears throat> you know other kind of non-spoilery things that I would add is that um, uh, Tena Huerta does an excellent job, in my opinion, and most of the people in my crew agreed with me. Uh, portraying this version of Namor with strong hints, very strong hints of like being able to develop chemistry with female leads, which makes me think if they do <laughs> introduce possible Fantastic Four tie-ins, <laughs> that's going to be off the chain. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll leave that. You, as, as, you didn't, you didn't get that. No, no, I totally did. No, 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 no. I mean, because, people were like people said, were saying it before the spoil, movie. Right, right. We're not trying to spoil anything, folks. Right, right. But there's like an aspect of the story where uh, the the crew I was with were talking about. I was like, "Yo, you didn't catch some chemistry there? Like, you know, that they, they were kind of teasing a little. Like they could have been. Right, right, right. Like, yeah. So he's um. I, I was thinking, trying to think of the word. He's a uh, he's um, for lack of a better word, he has a magnetic charm. Potent, you know, yeah. he can yeah, be. Yeah, 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 definitely, so, definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I, I definitely uh, second the the prop to him for for that. <laughs> now, I will say, and this is you know, there are there were a kind of. And this is just me as a comic book person, which, as we said, the uh, age of seventy one, and I were talking before the show. Like sometimes you, in in this case, with any MCU movie, you kind of have to let some things go, right? Uh, for I, like, I, no, you have to compartmentalize and put it aside, flush yes. it out. Yes, and and part of it is like there were a couple of uh, side characters, or there was a couple of background characters. You might as well say um, with that were with Namor that I kind of wish they had like brought up a little bit more but at the same time a uh what i didn't say was uh seven i feel like he's probably going to end up with his own movie i think that's going to happen possibly um possibly. and maybe then they'll they'll kind of broach that topic because it's like especially one of them is like well they didn't even is, th- is this person actually a relation to him that we, that uh those of us you know of a certain finish would know and will this other and will this other person become? <laughs> which they didn't do anything on that front. You know, they they could flip it for I don't know. So either way, you know, um, I'm I'm curious as to where they're going to uh, what what they're going to do with those uh, folks, if anything. 
or with any of them going forward. We, I, we know they have plans for, at the mm. very least, Namor. So, but um, but otherwise, you know, I think uh, I, I thought that um, uh, the Disney Plus of it all was to me a little bit of a hindrance just a touch you know what that reminds right? me just a touch that reminds me of something else i was going to mention to you because they did a thing that i really i'm not gonna say i hate but it's, i know it's a thing that you see in either tv shows or movies or whatever the case i was like that that's not how that would even go you know a certain thing happened near the end of the movie and it's like they how, that that would be the end of it right there that would just stop things yeah 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 someone gets punched in the chest i'm like you did well he yeah that there's that but there was a, another similar <laughs> I moment laughed. to that yeah. i laughed i was like oh snap right but he had yeah it was like he had yeah he punched the thing he was like he had, he, right he, he had right. some he protection right. but i'm like yo right. that's that's not it. I agree with you, Dick. Because at first I was like, "Oh snap!" But yeah, yeah, like, yeah I was like, "Yo, you did!" <laughs> I was like, like, "I was shocked." I was like, "What?" There was a weird in, in that moment and another moment. Um, well, there in that moment specifically, but also in another thing that we had already talked about. There was a whole Dragon Ball Z in this. Of I was like, "Kuglers really kind of get a Dragon Ball Z love out, out there." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, if you've yeah. seen the if you've seen the trailer, you know one thing. If you and if you know Dragon Ball Z, now I know that somebody's going to be like, "No, nah, that's the thing. That's that's predates you know Dragon Ball Z, and it's a whole it's a it's a cultural thing." And da 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 da. And I'm sure it is, and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's where Toriyama got it from. But still, the, in the cultural zeitgeist, the first thing people are going to go to when they see that motion is a Kamehameha or a Hadouken. One uh, of the two. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say Street Fighter as well. Yeah. So yes. So people think they're you know all all up at the up at the like well do, 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 do. no you're not shut up just shut up <laughs> just shut up <laughs> but otherwise that just to kind of wrap up the um our impressions of this before we actually get because we could get very spoilery right now we're not going to do it right but we're, um, we're we're skirting the edges folks we definitely yeah. are because you know once I got the the recommendation and and the completely spoiler free stuff we're definitely like getting a little closer to talking about like you know actual things you may not want to know before coming in yes so if you have any notions to go see the movie by all means please do i i see yeah you um, should i see already it did quite well even in the first day <laughs> yeah should folks you definitely should go see this movie um uh, you know, at, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, just be prepared, you know, as I, uh, you know, it's important for the people who are non superhero movie fans or even comic book fans to know how long it is so that they're prepared. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just an important thing. Maybe and, take some tissue cause it, cause you know, it, there might, somebody might be chopping onions in there and it might be cold and you might get sniffles. Yeah, pretty much pretty much you know it happened to me happened to people around me so you know yeah. it's it's not it's 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 definitely going to happen to at least a few people in your theater yeah 
And speaking of things that happened in, in the theater, there was like four or five people. I was like one of the one of the, probably one of the only people that was masked up. And when I went by myself, there was like four or five people around the uh, in various parts of the coffin. And, and I'm so like, I eh. was masked up. I oh, was masked yeah. up. Uh, amongst my crew, I was probably the only one masked up, but no one mm. said anything. Right. So. So and even when even the the um, the the view I saw earlier today, or, or with my wife, like yeah, there was like one or two people kind of coughing or whatnot. And I was like, come on, man, stay your ass at home. If you if you seen my Twitter in the in the last day, you saw <laughs> my very slightly amped up uh, a, a tweet about that particular part of my movie going experience. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. All righty, folks. So we're going to transition from to some more spoiler light discussion of the 10th episode of the Star Wars limited series. Well, it is a limited series, but it is season one. I was oh, about to say, I would, I would say it, it stops being a limited series if we don't see, if we don't know, or if we know we're not getting any more. If we get into season two, it's, it's, it's technically a series. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, Star Wars series and or. So, I'm going to ring the spoiler bell again because some people just don't have the time or don't make the time until the weekend to watch these things. So, here we go. Spoilers incoming in three, two, one for Andor, episode 10. So the last couple of episodes, uh, actually, I don't even remember. I don't know if knows this thing even has the name of it. Um, and it probably did, and I don't know. But regardless, this um, is where the last couple of issue, uh, episodes led up to. Yes. Um, and, and we were thinking last week. And over the last couple of weeks, because we've we we we've become aware over the course of watching this series that the creators broke up the story into three episode blocks, mm-hmm. so three episode arcs, right? And knowing that this is the opening episode of the final arc, we were wondering if they were going to draw out a certain sequence. Turns out they did not. Mm. Right. Yeah. Like things kind of happen in, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a succession. <laughs> right. Like you things happen in this episode. I thought much quicker than I thought they would, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it worked out the way it was told was so well done, mm-hmm. so effective. And obviously Andor has been in locked up. He's been locked up and they have not wanted to let him out for a while. I ain't got to worry about that now. Um, but yes, I want to say first and foremost, I don't think, and he does get his props. Uh, but Andy Serkis deserves his props. Dude acted his ass off. Like he, he absolutely he shows. Like granted, you know when you see him and he's he's into his bag, he's into his bag, and he, he you know primitive anything he's done, he <laughs> he he puts the capital A in acting, and he did so um, in, in this in this particular episode. So. So props, props to that dude. <laughs> he, makes, he makes a great speech that is broadcast. Mm-hmm. So, and, and and there was no precious talk, so you know you don't have to worry about that. And <laughs> and he wasn't running vibranium either, so you know you don't have to worry about the 
no SoundCloud links. Yes, exactly. No, no South American accent, you know, um, or South excuse me, African accent uh, to, to speak of. Just him going at it in, in glorious fashion. <laughs> Not even chewing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he was chewing it up. He was just like just straight up going at it. I'm like it was great. Yeah. So, so now this pretty much leads us to, I guess, the the last couple of uh, episodes of this here uh, season. Uh, we get a little bit more on uh, from Luthen's um, from Luthen's side and Mon Mothma. Uh, in their various dealings. Um, wait, did Vix show? I think we saw... No, that was sent to that show, though. Not Vix. Um, no Vix. Vix Watch is... is uh, we, yeah, nothing This nothing in this episode from Vix. Yeah, which actually reminds me of something I, I, well, I forgot to put in the lineup, but I'll put in the next week uh, uh, from, that, uh, from that actress. But, nevertheless, it was a good episode, and um, yeah. And or it continues to be a pretty great, pretty great show. I read something today from a friend who posted it on Facebook that made so much sense, and I think we've actually mentioned this, okay. but it bears repeating. Andor is the Star Wars is Star Wars entertainment for grown-ups. Fair. I, I mean, thought that was a very fair assessment. I think we've actually talked about it in that sense. Maybe not in those terms, but in that sense. Right. Because it doesn't rely on, you know, Jedi and laser swords and all that stuff. Right. right. And we've talked about that, you know, in, compar- in, in comparing it to, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the uh, that anthology show, the animated show, Jedi. Tales um, of the Jedi? What's that? Tales of the Jedi? Tales of, Tales of the Jedi, thank you. Mm. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, now I know there's probably going to be some some Star Wars uh, um, um, fan that's going to be like, "Well, it's all for adults." Gives you da 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 da. Like, no, just calm down. No, oh, we're trying no, to say. You have to remember that a lot of Star Wars is for for children. But what I'm saying there is that there are right. kids, that there are adults who've grown up with Star Wars, like like I like you, you know, but are right. really, really, you know, really, really into it. You know that that would maybe a little bit too. That much. would bump that. Well, yeah, I was, without saying that, but yes, that's what I was right. basically trying to say. That would, <laughs> that would um, that would suggest that it's all you know. But, but John, just get the meaning of what we're trying to say here. Like it mm-hmm. is, it is not, it is not uh, Jedi, it's not Sith. It's, it's it's far removed from that. It's pretty much grounded. But is it still Star Wars? So don't come at us. You won't. You will not come away well. Um, anywho, <laughs> <laughs> so, but nevertheless, that yeah, that's pretty much that for for Andor. Unless you got something else. Uh, no, but there is a catchphrase in this episode that I uh, yes. may turn into a soundbite down the line. I, I thought about that too. It was because I was like, yeah, that kept coming up. It's got to be something. Actually, technically, there's two. But um, and also it kind of weirdly reminded me of Rings of Power because of something that they kept saying, <laughs> or but the 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 um the Harfoots kept saying that that kind of reminded me of it. Um, oh, stay on the path or something like that. Or no, no, basically like, no one walks alone. But right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. But it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of that, but it was obviously a little removed. <laughs> so. 
you know, it it is time for for that kind of television, you know, catchphrase television in the back, baby. Um, I thought of something before before we before we wrap and okay. move on to the books of the week. Did you notice uh, some of the casualties? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one dude wasn't was going to make it out. You know. Right, but did you notice that, like, I think we talked about it, like, hey, we're going to have a conversation with Tony Gilroy if this person doesn't make it out, and that person did not make it out. I was kind of upset about one of the, particularly one of the first casualties, even though, you know, granted, you know, we didn't we didn't see much of the character, and they really didn't have much to say, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, I just want them to, just want them to get out and get away. Nope, they didn't. <laughs> nope. nope. And then there was nope. the one who... I, I who, thought of that discussion when I was watching it. Right, and then there was another character who was doing a lot of talking, but uh, you kind of felt like you knew he wasn't going to make it. Mm-hmm. But still would have wanted to see him, you know. So yeah, there was there was there, there was a little bit of that as things was progressing. I'm like, yeah, we know who's not going to make it here. We still don't necessarily know about that the one the affirmation character, even though you know, learning to swim is important, folks. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, it is important. Doesn't matter if you live in a big city like Agent Underscore Seven. Right, you know. I technically still live on a very large island. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I was about to mention that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> you're kind of surrounded by water there, pal. So, you know. And actually, man, you know what? No, I was about to say, going back to Wakanda forever, like that's... <laughs> if, if a similar circumstance happened, you you better hope you know something. Um, yep. And anyway, anyway, there is that. Uh, rip to those folks. We're probably going to be saying rip a good a couple more times uh, in this episode. So this is a weird song going to be a weird somber episode of the show. <laughs> Cause we kind of starting off with it without even spoiling it, but then there's some stuff in the news. Yeah. Talk folks, about. If, if you have been at, you know, at, if you are in touch or, you know, if you're on social media at all and you're, and you're connected to folks who are fans of comic books and genre, uh, this past week was pretty difficult. And rap. Also. In terms of news. Yeah. We, that we as well. Some, yeah. Because we lost some rappers of, of, of some, yeah. like, you know, well, some notes to, some, to folks of a certain vintage, but, you know. Yes. Still. Yes, 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 yes. I know I did. A, uh, I, I flooded my timeline the, 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 uh, on election day with uh, Heavy D music because he had died mm. like 11 years ago. Right, yeah, it was an anniversary. It wasn't. Mm. It wasn't exactly uh, like a recent, a recent right. thing, but it was an anniversary. Right. So, but you know, enough about that. Like I said, that's another podcast for another time. We're going to right. move on to the books of the week. We're going to transition, folks. And we're going to start off with uh, the new number one for the, well, one of the new number ones, because there's a couple of them. I think this might be the only one we've read. But, um, no, actually, there's another. Uh, Fantastic Four, number one. This issue is written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Coelho, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. So this is the new launch of the latest volume of Fantastic Four. And if you recall, the previous run ended, uh, well, the previous long run yeah. was ended by Dan Slott, 
leaving the FF in a certain place. There was a, a little bit of a, a tail end, like a uh, a postscript, as it were, that was kind of uh, we, you know, and and they made no, they they made, they didn't try to hide it at all. It was essentially a story of Die Hard in the Baxter Building. Yes. So now that you know, now this is all happening apparently. Well, after that, the events of that issue of that arc. So, the way Roddy Cap put it is that they pulled a Spidey, specifically a Zeb Wells Spidey story uh, trope or story idea, and essentially, it's something that you discover at the end of this issue. That something happens that essentially creates a source of tension and possible rift between the characters we know and love. Right. But in the meantime, there is a story that is centered upon Benjamin Jacob Grimm, uh, Ma Grimm's and Aunt Petunia's nephew, Ma Grimm's son, Aunt Petunia's nephew, our favorite blue-eyed, ever-loving thing, and his beautiful wife, Alicia Masters. Ooh. And that is where this story goes. Go ahead. They're giving... I, I love how they're giving... Um, and that slot kind of did it, too, giving um, Alicia a little bit more uh, color. Not necessarily, like, facial color or anything like that, but in her... Because, classically, Alicia's kind of... Kind Stiff. Of yeah, kind of like... Um, well, she's modernized. You notice that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. She's hey. modernized, and 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 obviously the 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 advent of of smartphones. Yeah. You know, you saw that right away. Mm-hmm. They they livened up uh, uh, Alicia more than they had than the classic Alicia has ever been. You know, now she, yeah, she's been a, spit, a little bit of a spitfire when she needed to be, but mostly she's kind of, you know, kind of stays in the back. But now she's she's. Uh, She's got some life in her. With, with you know, right. with I thought that was a nice development because mm-hmm. we did see a little bit more of this during Slot's run, right. especially you know in leading up to uh, Ben and Alicia getting married. They definitely gave Alicia a lot more agency in what she wanted and what she was going to do, and you know her decisions, the decisions to adopt those two children, and uh, you know the Cree and the Skrull. So at the end of the day, I thought that. North did a really good job with that, with the, with incorporating, you know, obviously Reed has had, you know, like postmodern technology, like super modern, like futuristic technology forever. But to actually have Alicia use something that makes, you know, something that everyone, virtually everyone has nowadays. Right. To make, to, to enhance her, to enhance the story of the character, to enhance her character. I thought was a great thing, and you know, I was shocked that we hadn't seen that earlier or sooner. Right, right. Yeah, she even got gets her Nancy Drew on <laughs> yeah, but... during the course of the story. Um, even I was looking forward to those sandwiches. I know, right? <laughs> I kind of laughed when that happened. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so without going too far into it, um, well, and the other thing that uh, Agent Seventy mentioned, like gets cut that that happens at the end kind of gets teased during the the course of the story because speaking of the kids you know their whereabouts get kind of mentioned 
uh, during right. the course of the story and in relation to uh, another character, another one of the four um, that may or may not have something to do with what's something that happens at the end. We, we, I guess we'll find out at some some time soon. But uh, from what I understand, this first arc is going to be a uh, potentially singular stories with uh, each singular member of the of the four. Um, I don't know how long they're going to do that. Um, but we, as Agent 70 said, that, that I said, yeah, we were getting spited with this for, for that thing at the end. And I'm hoping it doesn't last as long. Or at the very least, it give it to us and then like it, it still continues to you know lead lead somewhere. With the spidey thing still ongoing, we, there's, there's some, a couple of things like, all right, we still don't have an answer to and I'm, I'm starting to get a little miffed about it. But yeah, we're we're literally thirteen issues in as of this week in terms right. of the Spidey story, and it's mildly frustrating, you know, on different levels right. as we go through the stories. And don't get me wrong, love the journey. I've said this so it was for in the past. The journey is great. Love to love to have it, but at a certain point, you kind of gotta give us more than you know breadcrumbs. <laughs> you know, you gotta give us a sandwich, uh, and and then you know uh, let us. Uh, let, let us uh, stew on that for a while. Let, let us take care of that and then keep uh, keep going. Um, but yeah, as far as the story is concerned, it's like uh, I just said, it's been in Alicia. They're in a small town. There's some Groundhog, Groundhog Day type mystery going on that they end up having to uh, uh, solve. And it's a pretty, you know, it's a, I say it's a pretty simple story, uh, but it's also effective for what it is, I think. It's well told. Yes. It's well told. I give Ivan Coelho a lot of credit because there are a lot of storytelling techniques that he employs in the art that help the story move along. Right? right. You know, comics are a graphic medium. The writer and artist are working as a team, and this is going to be a critique that I, I that I uh, that I that I express for another book this week, mm-hmm. where I felt like an, an artist this week in another book that we're we're going to talk about that we both read that both of us read did not do a very good job of visual storytelling. I think Ivan Coelho did an excellent job in this issue. Everything made sense from panel to panel. Yeah. Uh, All right. That being said, yeah, I don't though, have anything else on FF number one because it is a number one issue. It's worth you know taking a look at it, folks. Um, yes. It's definitely a potential click of the week for myself. Yes, uh, myself as well, and a couple of other, or at least one other member of uh, the absent member of the crew. There it is. So, um. So I guess you want to jump did... right into the spidey corner? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that since we got a couple. All right. All right, so we'll start with Amazing. So Amazing Spider-Man number 13 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So this is the climax of the Spidey and, spoiler alert, Hobgoblins battle. And it doesn't exactly go the way you think. Although, much like a lot of Spidey battles go, the villains are not necessarily vanquished 
altogether or completely? No, we find we come to find out that there's another hand um, in the puppet, and we found out there's more than one puppet that's been yes. strung here. Yes. Um, but what we also f- find out is, well, we start to see a long rumored um, potential other hero come into play uh, because of what happens in the story. Like we knew, we knew. Um, some of it because we see the news. You know, we talk about the news also, and we knew that a character was going to go through a certain arc, and that arc is starting with this uh, issue here because of what happens here. Right. What we don't know is that apparently there's a little... um, There may be something else. It could be very well the same same hand behind the puppet that had something to do with why this uh, person came into play in the first place. Or in the way that they did in, in this, I should say, in the first place. And I'm not sure if this is leading up to that dark web stuff, but I, I suspect probably. I'm also not a fan of... And this is just me being nitpicky. Hmm. I'm not a fan of the uh, of this design of this suit that allegedly is a collaboration between Norman and Peter. Which one? Peter's suit or the other one that shows up? Peter's suit. Peter oh, yeah, I agree with that. I'm not a fan. <clears throat> this should be a little bit more durable. You would think... If it's going to be a helmet, it should be a little more durable. Yeah, if it's some sort of armory plating, or at the very least, you know, some sort of, you know, a resistant mesh. Yeah, you make it a little bit more resistant in the head and the Just head Just a little bit more durable. I'm like, it doesn't have to be an Iron Man helmet. Well, right. come on, folks. But at the same time, I mean, going up against two goblins and already going through a whole bunch of, you know, you know um, right. You know, and I understand issues. Spidey's supposed to be light and he's supposed to be agile and whatnot. <clears throat> but the but the helmet part really got me. He's had armor before, though, so that's ne- never really stopped him. <laughs> right. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. can hear the counter argument. Yeah. Yeah, but it, I mean, dude lifts ten tons. I think he can handle a little armor. Well, assuming the assuming no hot moose still stands for his uh, exactly. for, for his power exactly. set. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Anyway, but, but nevertheless, right. I, I'm kind of agreeing with you on that. It's like, yeah, I never really liked the the, the design of uh, of it because plus, given the collaboration and one part of it that got taken out in during, the, during this issue, right. which I know can be fixed, but it's like, yeah, that was kind of sad actually. Right. <laughs> and again, and I'm gonna, and I was thinking about this. More maskless Spidey bugs me, right? So, so we might as well get into the next one then. No, no, I was about to say. So, so before I get into that, there is one last thing I wanted to say about this issue. Uh huh. Thirteen issues, folks. (laughs) We didn't touch a hair on the head of the story that Zebwell started in this arc, in this, in this whole run. Thirteen issues in, in the thirteenth issue, we didn't see a damn thing about it. There's an elephant in the room, and then there's a plot. There's another plot that we still haven't seen. <laughs> and I say the, and the elephant in the room is not the plot. So I just right. want to make that clear. We've talked about it before. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that, that, the one big plot that we still don't know much about, about still hangs out there. Because, yep. And I don't think we're going to get anything anytime soon unless this whole thing with this new hero slash anti-hero, whatever he ends up being, you know, it turns into 
something that 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 builds back to it. We don't know. Right. And I think the teaser for the next issue is that they're jumping into the dark web stuff. Right. And that's what, and which is why I mentioned that. So. Right. Um. So yeah, like we we will see. That being said. All right. Right. So as Roddy Cat wanted to, and it was, it's a natural transition. That's why I did bring it up. Yeah. Maskless Spider-Man. Something that has bedeviled this character since Spider-Man 1 under Sam Raimi's watch. In this case, we have the companion Spider-Man book, Spider-Man number 2, written by Dan Slott, with pencils by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters again by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So, this issue... I thought of Roddy Cat right away because it actually references both Spider-Verse and Spider-Geddon because this is supposed mm-hmm. to be the end of the spider You know, this is supposed to be the story that leads into the end of the Spider-Verse. Right. So I thought of you when I was reading this because it definitely jumps right into stuff that if you're not familiar with what happened in Spider-Geddon, they reference it. True. They put it in an editor's box and say, hey, mm-hmm. this happened in Spider-Geddon. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking to ask you, I thought to ask you what you thought of the developments in this issue. It's, once again, it's curious because I, having not read Spider-Geddon, but knowing bits and pieces of it, you know, I, I knew enough to knew of the involvement of one character in here and kind of a couple of things that happened. Uh, but when they got to the story, when they got to the kind of the backstory on how this character got from there to where they are now, like that part I didn't know. But it, that being said, I still want to go back and read Spider Getting, Spider Getting, and Spider Verse because I have not read either one of them fully. Um, so if anything, this story still has me curious uh, enough to do that, and thankfully, it's given me enough to where I, I can, I can kind of skate. <laughs> I can kind of skate until I do, right? Because uh, um, yeah, because I because I, I kind of thought about that. I was like, hmm. Did, so that that's the thing that did happen. And like I said, up until a certain point, I'm like, okay, I kind of remember. I know they were involved. I, I kind of know this and that and the other. But yeah, there were some things that I still uh, have a gap in my memory because of that. So. Sure. You know, and there's nothing you know, there's nothing wrong with that, folks, because we read so many comics where. You know, we're we're not always and 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 to a certain extent, we've already forgotten a lot of our comic book knowledge because we're constantly taking in more. That's so, true. ultimately, when it comes to this story, slot you know, slot is doing a service for the newest readers, right? By giving us some exposition here, there's some necessary exposition here, right? And it's been far enough away from those stories to where even like like Agent Seven says like yeah it's been far enough away to where people might need a little um, refresher, right? And also just filling in why a certain character seems to have not necessarily switched sides but at least changed allegiances right. for now. Right. We'll, we'll see how that works out. There's also another. Um, I don't know if it's a loose end anymore because something happened in the last issue with a, a another character that mm, mm, I don't know if that's going to stick or not or whether that character is 
still around or going to be around? It's comics, though. It's not. It's not Uncle Ben. That's all I have to say. It is not, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. Well, yeah, there is that, and it's not Uncle Ben. But at the same time, I'm like I don't know. Like this, this, this character had a good recent run. I would hope that they wouldn't do the character that bad like that right exactly yeah. do do the character dirty like that exactly um that being said i do i did enjoy the first page uh it might have been the first two pages because it reads very familiar but according to slot it is not that version of spidey <laughs> but it is that version of spidey so there's a, there's a Spider-Man that shows up that uh, that reads a little younger, may have had some screen time, but 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 slot pretty much went out there and said it's not it's not that because we can't use that one, but it's this other one which is technically the same but not really. I mean the <laughs> costume, the way they spoke, like you can you can catch it instantly. Like the, the costume, right? That's all I have to say is like just look at the costume, folks. Right, or who he's talking to and how he's talking to somebody, you know. Right. It, it doesn't take much. It's like, you know who that is. You know exactly who that is. You know, I kind of got a kick out of that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it also. Um, so, oh, and also, are we just sticking into not calling it adjectives, adjectives less? Well, I guess there's a reason not to do it right there. Adjective less uh, Spider-Man. <laughs> I guess. I guess. I did have one little quibble okay and i understand that the laws of the reality that they happen to have been in may allow for this to happen mm. but when did silk have yes. her wet spinning do I what have, it does i in have this that particular in my notes panel? i was like what i have that exactly in my notes i'm like when did I, you, when I, did it you actually do that? made me stop and say what mm-hmm like, you know, I'm like, wait a second. I definitely have a sound effect for wh- exactly what I was thinking, folks. What you talking about, Right. You know like what I'm she, saying? Right. Like, she's never been able to do that before. What's, 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 what's going on here? <laughs> I thought that exact I, same thing. I just kind of laughed. I was like, where is this going? How, like, there's no origin for this. There's no basis in any story prior to this for the, her having this ability. Right. I'm like, I love Cindy Moon. I think she's a positive uh she's a positive force in Marvel Comics as a mm-hmm. character, you know, you know, for representation. I love that they, you know, have they, they still kind of hint at the whole like pheromone thing, because that's what gets her to, right. you know, take action. Right. Because at first but I didn't still. think about, I, and I didn't think about that at first. I was like, because I was, I was kind of like with, uh, with Miles, and I was like, really? But at the same time, you know why he said it, and then you, you, know, you think about it for a second. I was like, all oh, right, there's, there's a reason why she wanted to do what she did, you right? Know? So, and and I get that. Also, the funny part about this was that was like right after that, there was another spider who also does, actually does that kind of uh, stuff. Like, wait, I'm right here. <laughs> Like I'm right here. You could I could have I could have I could have got you good, man. <laughs> so that that, that part upgrade, was funny. Upgrade. That's <clears throat> yeah, what he was like. He said a glow, yeah, a glow up as he as he actually said it. But oh, that's yeah. right, that's right, that's right. <clears throat> but yeah, you got a little so. too modern for me, folks. I am. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm gonna play. 
You know what I'm gonna play. I just gotta get the board up. Boy, I'm getting too old for this shit. Thank you. Yeah. So that so that part in itself was kind of funny, but yeah, like I said, along with Agent Seven, I was like, "What? Who? When? How? That? How? When? When? How?" So I was yeah. like, "Okay, maybe it's it's a as a part of that 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 reality they're in, but still no, <laughs> still no. That didn't make any sense. Either way, it was a fun book, kind of." <clears throat> Well, it was. I had a lot more fun reading this than I had reading Spider Man thirteen. That's fair. You that know, is, that's fair. This, is, but but you know, at the same time, I think I could enjoy this a little bit more than Brody Cat because I had read both Spider Verse and Spider Geddon, so I'm up to date. So even though I couldn't remember a lot of the details, and Slot was kind enough to you know for, uh, to uh, fill in a lot of the gaps, I thought you know this is just like a a big spider-verse multiverse type story and it's just a lot of fun to watch and to read and 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 that opening uh two-page splash was entertaining oh one other thing that was that was fun in in, in spider-man 2 was like they i am so glad someone's mentioned this thank you slide the whole um dr strange hand motion thing which granted oh, that, was, that was awesome yeah go ahead no, yeah, it was like so. So there was a character. Uh, Peter was talking to another uh, spider, and your thing froze. Your picture froze. Oh no! That's weird. Hold on a second. Oh no! Audio. How's my audio? Yeah, yeah, audio is fine. Oh wait, it. There we go. That's weird. I just unfroze. Yeah. I know what I'm literally there. like waving, you know, like nodding my head no to make sure that I'm still working. Yeah, no, because it was like you could see it on the fringes that you kind of moved, but you weren't not you were. Not actually moving, so that was kind of weird. But but it's all fine. It's fine now. It's all right, folks. No fire. But anyway, um, <clears throat> and if you're watching the video version, you would have seen that all in real time. You should watch it. Right. That's right. Thank you for thank you to the folks watching live tonight. Exactly. So, um, what was I saying? Um, I think we can wrap Spider-Man number two. Yeah, no, but there was nothing else to add. There was something else. I thought. No, no, yeah, the Doctor Strange thing. So there was talking about the whole Doctor Strange. Um, how his uh, magic hand motions are kind of like, and this has been said in other places that kind of looked like speed, uh, you know, uh, Spider-Man putting doing his webs, and and right. there was a character that basically kind of touched on that, and I was like, I am so glad somebody did that. I'm so thank you, Slot. I appreciate you for yeah, that. Props to Dan Slot right there. Yeah, I did like that. That was funny. Yeah, because that part was like, you know what? No one's ever said it. No one's ever said. Well, someone's people have said it, but not necessarily like this. So I was like, you know what? Great. That was that was perfect. Now we what can do you move think on. of the What's what do you that? think of the redesign of Aranya? I had an issue with it last um, <clears throat> in the last issue because I'm like, why are they bring taking her back to that? But now with the addition of you know this addition to her power set now, which I'm fairly certain she did not have originally. No, nope. I'm I'm all right with it. Okay, you know, as long as they don't they don't. I mean, I don't know what what long term plans if they have any they're going to do with her on that front. Um, but I'm curious to see what they get out of it. You know, what they can do with it. So maybe she'll end up. Well, I don't know if she's still young enough to be in uh, Strange Academy, but I don't think she would. But you know, so. But yeah, I'm I'm alright with it, <laughs> and now all I'm alright right with it. Uh, but that being said, yeah, we can move on to another book. Do we want to get to that particular book that you had uh, that you brushed up on? Mm, Cap. Yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, let's mm-hmm. talk about that because mm-hmm. that seems to have a lot of uh, 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 of uh, things moving, you know, into that crossover that's about to start. Mm-hmm. So, Captain America: Sentinel of Liberty number six is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, former guests of the Comic Book Chronicles. Artist is Carmen Carnero, a Stormbreaker. Letters are by VCs Joe Caramagna, and colors are by Nolan Woodard. I only make that note that the colorist is listed last, because for whatever reason, in some comics, the colorist gets listed last. Don't know why. We have been noticing that lately, yeah. Some, but not all, right? Right. So, so this Outer Circle story... Right is meant to you know be a, a very active retcon of our understanding of James Buchanan Bucky Barnes's story in the Marvel Universe. Right, we know what Brubaker did, but now it seems to be uh, that it went higher up than what Brubaker initially told us. It wasn't just the Russians. It was a much more global uh, Illuminati type organization. Yet another one. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, the crux of the story is Bucky, aka the Winter Soldier, aka something else in this issue, decides to go in a different direction than what Steve Rogers wants to do. Whether or not this is a fake-out remains to be seen. But, ultimately, that's the crux of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have a... Con- they have a, a, there's a there is a, a battle that is very reminiscent of the battle between uh, Bucky and Cap in the climax of the Winter Soldier movie. It's, it looks like it's not shot for shot, but heavily inspired yes. by that hand-to-hand battle aboard the helicarrier in at the end of in the climactic battle of the Winter Soldier. All right. So, interestingly enough, that's where my critique of this issue really comes from. It's during that battle because it's extended and it relies upon the visual storytelling of Carmen Carnero to really sell the combat and I am not shy about saying I did not like some of the panel transitions, some of the way, some of the, the visual storytelling that, uh, that Carnero used to move the action along. I thought, I thought it was jarring. I did not understand how we got from one panel to another. I'm like, wait, one person had this and cap shield is flying, but now it's back in his hand. You right. know, that's just a small thing. I'm not asking Roddy Cat to remember that unless he no, actually no, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about because that also brings about something that happens a couple of pages later. <clears throat> right. You know, but at the end of the day, I understand why they're doing this. You know, it's to give, you know, Bucky a different direction. You know, whether or not this is a fake out at the end of the day, uh, you know, is, you know, whether or not, you know, it's, it's a big 
take, you know, it's a big twist on, you know, it's a big kind of swerve on, uh, like traditional <clears throat> cap espionage storytelling. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I see it. I don't know if this is going to be a, you know, if this is a, a, a fake out or not, but that's how I interpreted it at least going into this story. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I, while I bumped up against the, the, some of the same art stuff that you did, I didn't have as, as big a problem with it as, as you did. Cause for the most part, outside of those couple of different places, you know, I thought the art, art was pretty solid. Um, I thought almost I thought they were, or at least from what I saw from what Carmen Carnell was talking about on Twitter, I thought they were going to go for a silent interlude type issue with this one. Um, but it was mostly textless, uh, but uh, but not fully textless uh, like, like, like that story was. So I was kind of curious to, to see how, how she was going to do that. Uh, but that being said, yeah, the, the whole... Um, uh, I got the same notes as um, as they did about the whole you know MCU uh, Winter Soldier battle that they kind of go with with an ending that is kind of flipped um, uh, from from that battle, but still like okay you you see it it's right there if you've seen the movie and you can tell it here not necessarily a knock but it's like you know we, we we're kind of seeing more and more of that kind of stuff happening in in the books and that part's kind of a bummer right but you know sometimes if they can do it if you can do it effectively it, it's good but if you're just relying on that to be the case and i'm not saying that the uh that you know anyone involved with this is it can be kind of a bummer you know like we've seen this do, do something else you know definitely so that's that's pretty much it for that because yeah I, I'm also kind of curious as to see um you know that whole event Captain America event that's coming up that, that this is leading into like what's going to be the end result of this like, kind of hate to 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 be that way this early on in it but at the same time you know going into it just like okay you are kind of sort of invested. Like I'm still curious enough to, with this and and Sam's book to be like, all right, let's see what's what they're gonna do, but also, what is what's gonna what's gonna happen on the outset of this, you know. So. Uh, that being said, though, yeah, I don't I don't have anything else on on Sentinel Liberty. All right, um, so we I'll can s- probably go to rapid fire because okay, we do have a number of books in common. Oh, actually, I did want to ask you a question uh, Shoot. B- b- before we get out of this one. So I don't know if did you read that last the 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 page after the story ended, like the, the code breaking yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did I, you? I saw that, but oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You saw that? No, no, I, I no, I saw that. And I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna have to go back through our copies and look. Okay, and that's that. That was because I was gonna ask you, did you remember it from as far back as they said it started? Which it was granted not that far ago, but it basically said that this. You know the seeds of this started back in uh, Dark Rain, uh, not, not Dark Rain, um, Devil's Rain. Excuse me. Right. So I, I know think if you saw that. I, I I remember that. You know, like the the panel that they showed. I remember seeing that. Right. So you know, luckily, folks, we do have access to these, um, and I could go back and, and and check that out. Right. So if you if if you like decoding, you know, uh, uh, codes or you know the the Kukroan era can, has gotten folks some folks into doing. This is trans, uh, translating the texts 
or actually it went before that, you know, because you know Wakanda, uh, the Star Wars, all those kind of you know trans translating uh, the the script into English is something that's been a long-standing thing. So this is probably another. This is definitely another line of that. I don't know. I don't know if I have the wherewithal to go back and check it out, but I am very curious. I mean, it's only five issues plus that dark rain, that uh, Devil's Rain thing. So right. we'll see. You know, if I have time. Sure. Because yeah, supposedly there's a code. There's a code that you put it all together, and it's supposed to say something, and maybe it's going into right. That there's a cipher, event. right? Exactly. Right. There's a cipher in this issue, so that you can break the code. Mm-hmm. So get on it, Gumshoes. That being said, we can go to uh, rapid fire. All right, spinning it up. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> Okay. First up, AXE Judgment Day Omega number one is written by Kieran Gillen with art by Guiu Villanova. Villanova. Uh, colors are by Andres Massa, and letters are by VCs Travis Lanham. So, the bulk of this issue deals with the fallout of Judgment Day on the status quo of the Eternals. And we find out that a lot of this fallout leads the Eternals into a status very similar to their status at the end of the Eternals movie in the MCU. Similar, not exactly mm -hmm. the same, but similar, roughly parallel. Also kind of parallel to the beginning of Hawk Talks. If you've noticed. The beginning of Hoxbox. Yeah. Or I guess the the be, not even, well, yeah, the beginning of Hoxbox, the going into the 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 the, the Krakoan era basically, where they start making up was like, okay, well we gotta do this and this and this, and now that this is like this, we kinda gotta, you know, uh make up laws and do this other you know, this things like this, you know, kinda get ourselves on track, basically. Gotcha. So it, it, it kind of felt like I that. see I see where you're going with that. I, yeah. I get it. Yeah. So it kind of felt like that a little bit also as well. I get it. I get it. I mean, Ajax has a very, very different status quo now. Yes. Vastly different. We also get, uh, you know, we also see uh, what um, Fastos is doing. Uh, you know, he he takes a lot of responsibility for this, and. Icarus probably has the weirdest transition. When did he get re resurrected? I don't recall, but that's why that's why that you know, spoiler alert, that's why that kid's not there anymore. Right. But I thought well, but I thought that was another well, actually if you read the, the eternal story going up in this, you, you, you kind of figured something like that was going to end up happening at some point, but not sure how, I suppose. But yeah, I was like, when did that happen? And when did the, you know, when did what happened on the outside uh, to the attached person happen? Mm -hmm. You know, so that was kind of weird. But I thought it was something yeah. because because I thought I remember in Acts when it happened to Icarus, but I thought that was a different time than when this than this other resurrection. Right. Right. I don't recall exactly, so right. I can't help you. You know, we were probably just thinking of the same, <clears throat> along the same lines, we just can't remember exactly when. Sure. But so, in that, any event, um, oh, no, wait, you know, no, only like two, 
There's only a couple of Titans left, right? Are there any left? I thought so. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. To be honest, I thought it was helpful at the end of this issue that they lay out, you know, uh, a teaser for how the events of AXE Judgment Day will still reverberate through the Marvel Universe in two specific titles. Mm-hmm. One of them is Immortal X-Men, obviously where uh, Sinister uh, features prominently. The other one being X-Men Red. So I, I didn't realize that X-Men Red was going to be uh, as, as, as largely affected by it, but I guess it's because of what happened on Araco. Correct, and what they say in the, in this issue about that part. Right. Yeah. Wait, right. I didn't. Um, I didn't necessarily think that Araco would be, you know, would would have that kind of um, fallout. But at the end of the day, you know, they're they're not in the resurrection protocols, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, and there was another book that was mentioned at the back of this, which is tied more, a little bit more closely to another book from this book, which I'm sure you'll talk about. But I was like, I'm just curious where the tie in from this to that would be. Right, 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 right. The big Jason Aaron story. <clears throat> right. Interesting. No, no, no. That's right. Like I, I, I fail to include that, and it does bear asking how does that tie in? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Cool. Next up, it's literally next in line. Avengers number sixty-two, written by Jason Aaron, with art by uh, Ivan Fiorelli, colors are by David Curiel, and letters are by VCs Corey Petit. This is, uh, I think, the last issue of the gathering of the, um, the, the group of Avengers throughout time. And we also have the, uh, the, the reformation, the reformation, not the reformation, but the reformation of the Avengers of 1 million BC minus a few members. Ultimately, this is a fun little kind of look at Agamotto. I think that's how they pronounced it in the movies. I don't know if we've ever gotten this kind of storytelling with the Agamotto character before. I thought we did, because I have it in my notes. I was like, I feel like we had part of the story with him uh, when they were doing the 1 million BC stuff, but maybe, I don't know. But this is probably the most we've seen of Agamotto, even outside, even including Doctor Strange books. Right. Right? We've mm-hmm. only ever seen the eye and the orb. So it's interesting that we're actually getting to see, you know, the superheroic side. Yep. You know, kind of being retconned in. So bottom line here is the issue ends with, you know, uh, a, a nice little meetup. I think one of my only quibbles is that uh, Ivan... Fiorelli got the number of circles of, of, of circles on Captain America Shield wrong. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> I did not. I was just like, really, dude. Eight to seventy. Anyway. If you hadn't figured it out, is a Captain America fan, so he, he. Well, that and observant of art. Well, sure, right? yes, but yeah. in particular with observe, Cap. <laughs> yeah, I observe art. You know, like I. I I definitely, you know, pay a little bit of extra attention to the art, you know, and and only through uh, years and almost 500 episodes have I gotten a little bit better 
at really picking apart story in comics. You know, I came to comics originally as a kid because of the art. Yeah, that's so, my job, picking apart the story. <laughs> well, not just Roddy Cats, but the many of our other uh, uh, absentee co-hosts as well. Well, I'm here, though, so... Right, no, that's true. <laughs> but my point being, like, over the course of the 500 episodes, um, uh, I, I generally dwo- uh, dwell upon, like, like little quibbles with uh, art and art style. Mm-hmm. Anyway... Uh, next up for me is Batman versus Robin number three of five. This is a DC book. It's written by Mark Wade with art by Mahmoud Ashrar and Scott Gudluski. Colors are by Jordi Belair and letters are by Steve Wan. So if you have not been keeping up with this, this is kind of, um, bringing up, bringing back around, uh, a teased reveal in the Grant Morrison run on Batman. You know, the, in the initial run of the introduction of Damien. And there's a lot of magic at play in this issue. And one of the things that is uh, being featured in some online articles is that uh, Batman has to basically run through a gauntlet of his former Robins and deal with some of their longstanding uh, beef or beefs that they might have with him and some doubts that creep into his mind about how he treated them. But he also basically affirms who we all knew what we all He know. He affirms what we all knew to be the case, which is that there is one Robin to rule them all. You know, shout out to uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings reference right there. Mm. So the funny part about you saying that is like, this is not the only Batman book uh, in this past month that has, that has done that. Or in the past couple mm-hmm. months, that has done that. So that's funny. Right. All right, next up is a one-shot. I did not realize this is a one-shot. Black Panther Unconquered, number one. It's written by former guest of our show, Brian Hill. Art is by Alberto Fochi or, 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 or Fauci. Uh, colors are by Matt Miller or Mia. And letters are by VC's Joe Sabino. So I did not realize this is a one-shot. Roddy Cat mentioned that this is probably that, – that he got the information from the solicitation text as opposed to the listing on Diamond or the listing of Diamond or where I go comic list. And so I will just say that um, I anticipated that this would be more than a one-shot, but it was interesting to see that there are, believe it or not, some parallels with – the Wakanda Forever movie in terms of spirituality. And I'll uh, hand it off to Roddy Cat. Yeah, I took that also. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But, you know, I, I suspect that this, well, I'm fairly certain this was intentionally timed uh, with with, uh, with Wakanda Forever movie because I do remember when uh, Brian Hill was on Twitter and, and mentioned himself, mentioned doing this book. Um, so I'm like, okay, makes sense. Uh, I won't necessarily get into the, the crux of the one shot, but it just definitely does have to do with, um, a, a spiritual figure in, uh, Wakandan, uh, Wakandan culture, uh, and a possible rival, uh, in that. And also in, uh, dealing with some weapons. So, yeah, I, I, I suspect 
Because I didn't, just like Age of 70, I didn't think this was going to be a one-shot either because it felt like it was like, okay, this is going to be like a mini-series. And it could, maybe it is, and or maybe, you know, this is kind of something that's going to shoot off somewhere along the lines in uh, the main Black Panther book. They just happened to uh, bring it up here. Or maybe there's something else coming up that, that, that this is leading to and they decided to make it a one-shot. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting. But I guess we'll find out at some point soon. Which of those will be the case? Alrighty. Next up is Gun Honey Blood for Blood, number three of four from Titan Comics. It's written by Charles Ardile, uh, Ardai, actually, with art by uh, Ang Hor King. Colors are by Asifur Rahman, and letters are by David Leach. So, folks, I'm a sucker for this book. Because um, it is definitely not for kids. It is adult-oriented. It is pulp crime, pulp spy stuff. You know, uh, I, I I am glad to see uh, Ed Brubaker uh, put, you know, like uh, uh, agree to have his name plastered prominently on the cover to say that that you know that this is like pulp at its finest, if I if I recall correctly. So. Uh, without getting too much into it, uh, the bottom line here is Joanna Tan, the uh, the titular, and I say that uh, tongue in cheek, uh, Gun Honey, is uh, basically facing off with a rival throughout this entire series, and so we are about to get to the uh, we're in the this is basically the penultimate penultimate issue of this four issue run, so. All of it is set up for the final issue showdown. It's a lot of fun. Basic, you basically have to kind of check your intelligence at the door, but at the same time, it's just fun to you know read like a pulpy story. The art is still kind of rough at times, but you can see Ang Hor Kang has some talent that just needs refining and tons of practice. Uh, next up for me is a Moon Knight number 17. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Alessandro Capuccio. Colors are by Rochelle Rosenberg and letters by VC's Corey Petit. Did you read this? Yes. Okay. So I will just say that this issue is Moon Knight striking back by actually using his resources. Not the Mark Spector resources that we're kind of used to, like the Batman-esque resources, but more, let's say, stuff with a magical bent. And I really liked how a character was teased to have met their demise early in the issue and characters relatively triumphant return at the end of the issue so i will hand it off to roddy cat for his thoughts yeah there's not much else to say about it except for the fact that we also find that um i guess we find the the ultimate demise well we find out what happens to what ultimately happened to a character from the with what happened to them from the last issue uh whether the there's current status it was current i mean what is whether is going to stick or whatever that was that's teased at the end of this is actually or in the middle of this was something um 
But, uh, yeah, it's interesting to where um, this was a more of a, uh, you're, I'm not, I'm not uh, locked in with you, you're locked in with me type situation that Mark was, right. uh, that, that Mark was uh, going through with this. I'm like, okay, that's, we haven't seen that trope in a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also just, you know, I, I, I like the idea that, uh, the the particular aspect that we're talking about, the kind of uh, mystical resource that this version of Moon Knight has, I kind of like, yeah. you know, and it's it, it gives him more capabilities, you know, and 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 basically is like a nice little in, uh, addition to the character story, because they're definitely you know leaning into the supernatural in this run of Moon Knight, right. So and yeah, the only the, the only other thing is that we get the there's a apparently a a vampire convention I, I called it the UM of vampires that happens during the course of this issue that also kind of weirdly reminded me of the Warriors. <laughs> the, <laughs> okay, you know, but also also kind of reminded me of uh, a certain part of uh, Wakanda Forever. Yeah, the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, this is not a spoiler. I I actually said out loud and. Unfortunately, no. I don't think anybody in the crew understood. I said, "Come on, Toby." And when I said that, it's because a certain uh, actor who played Toby Ziegler on The West Wing was featured prominently during those scenes. And I was like, "Come on, Toby." I'm speaking of Richard Schiff. That's not a spoiler at all. I actually saw that name come up in the in the in the credits. I was like, "Oh wait, was that that dude?" Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay, yeah. Now to put that because I was kind of curious as to why that name came up in the in, in the credits like it did. So, all right, because cool. you know he's he's a he's a you know he's not like the most well known actor, but I like that they had like a little note that said and Richard Schiff. Right. So cool. So that's technically my last book. I wanted to make mention of one book that I skimmed. I'm sorry for chewing on uh, on the air, folks. I wanted to talk about Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths of Infinite Realities and all that, you know, <laughs> it's, dark, it's a crisis, folks. Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, number six. I think this is number six of seven. Let me double check yes, that real quick. Yes, it is. I can confirm. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. I wanted to mention, and Roddy Cat will laugh. When he, when, you know, after the show, I'm going to point this out to him. Green Arrow and Black Canary are having a conversation in this issue. There's a battle going on, essentially, you know, a big, you know, universe altering battle that's going on in another location. Green Arrow and Black Canary are having a discussion and they're talking about what Pariah says. And if you're not familiar with the premise, of dark crisis is that pariah is essentially behind everything dinah black canary says ollie pariah said and green arrow replies i know what that crybaby said and i started crying laughing y'all <laughs> i started crying laughing nice when I that on the page i was like yo are they listening to us and obviously 
obviously this is probably something that many, many readers have noticed <laughs> when it comes to the character of Pariah in all of these crisis DC books. Hmm. All of these books going back to the early 80s, right? I just kind of got a, I got a big laugh. <laughs> That's pretty good. Reading That's that pretty on the good. page. You know, I got a big, big laugh reading that on the page. So shouts to uh, Joshua Joshua Williamson for writing that in. Hmm. And if that's wanna, it for me. If you want to see our hear our well see and or hear our thoughts on Crisis of, the original Crisis on Independent Earths, go back to episodes three sixty and three sixty one uh, when we were mid well yeah when. Basically, mid-pandemic, and we were uh, doing uh, event books. Yeah, this is like the height of the pandemic when there were no new <clears throat> comics coming out. Mm-hmm. So we were doing what we call evergreen episodes. What you know, a lot of you know uh, forms of media uh, would call evergreen episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were fun. Like I said, we, we we keep threatening to kind of when we have some time to go back to them, but you know, we got new stuff coming out, so we you know. Attention is right, and, and 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 this summer was this past summer and now fall have been rich with content that yeah. have added to what we need to cover during the show. Obviously, with uh, you know uh, movies coming out again uh, as the pandemic, you know, as we get into a different stage of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bottom line here is that we definitely invite everyone to take a look, to listen to, and even take a look at on YouTube those evergreen episodes because they have a ton of great it, there's a ton of great content in there yeah 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 if uh we can get 20 more people um to follow on twitch we can put those there too but that being said we're going to push on actually i wanted to ask you something else well actually you know what? i'm gonna get to a book and then i'll ask you because there's i think there's a sure. tie-in to this particular book uh or at least an unofficial tie-in to this book go ahead um but i'll you know what? Yeah, I can do that right now when I get to my books, which is starting with I Am Batman number 15. Excuse me. Pardon me. There we go. Bing. I Am uh, Batman number 15. This creative team is uh, written by John Ridley, art by Carl Mostert. Um, I want to say that's inks by Romolo, uh, Romulo Fajardo Jr. and letters by Troy Pateri. I think I have a typo there. That's why. So, and the reason why I ask, or I'm going to ask, is because Jace, aka the the new Batman of New York, is fighting Sinestro, who has been sent by Pariah, as if this was some sort of act of vengeance. Uh, slash a Dark Crisis tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, actually sent through Deathstroke by Pariah, so just to kind of yeah to to make it all right. kind of clear. So I was like, so the first thing I went to was like, this is this is DC's Act of Vengeance, which they've had one before. They they've had that one before. So this is not new. Um, <clears throat> but it just read like that. I was like, why is Sinestro going up against this Batman? But also I was like, okay. Jason has got some un, um, unresolved uh, things in his past, and I assumed that it, this is a actual face your fears type uh, issue that is going on here. Okay. So, so to kind of get that out of the way, it doesn't necessarily go the whole way through, but it it, it kind of starts that off. 
but the main the main thing was it was like okay this is totally uh acts of vengeance but for dc along with uh the the the, the current crisis and i don't know if you saw that anywhere else this week in in addition to it, that the character does pop up in dark crisis right in this week's dark crisis okay um well yeah so it's it, the chase fox batman right because it, i think it and it i don't know if it's alluding to that but it is but this book kind of alluded to the events of what going on where this this particular batman would have mm. gotten involved yeah the, the, yeah this this the the new york batman does get involved in that issue so and yeah and i think at the end of this issue is probably leading into that yep. uh Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not mistaken, there is an editor's note saying, you know, see, Bat- I am Batman number fifteen for details. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. So while there's no trade dress that you know with the with the the the, the uh, Dark Crisis tie-in on it, at least actually, let me let me let me not say that's right. No, I don't see it on here. But it apparently is a tie-in to Dark Crisis. So if you're up on that, have at it. Hey man, good for you. <laughs> I'm not. You you're more up on it than I am. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I skimmed it. I skimmed it. I'm just you know I I got a kick out of like skimming through, and I was just like, oh look at that! They're making fun of Pariah. Yay! Right. Yeah, which is which is which is pretty good because that's all we did. <laughs> we we're talking about every time he came up, and even now, that's all pretty much all we did was talk about the, the, just clown that dude. Um, oh, all right, what do you got left? So I only got a couple of books left. Uh, actually, I only got one book left. I did not think about it because we pretty much ran through the same stuff. And oh wait, I'm lying. That was it. That's it. <laughs> that was the only oh, other right. book. That, yeah, that was the only other book. Because I forgot you did read that uh, Black Panther book. So that being said, clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. We do have one from our one of our. Um, absent uh panel here and that is dirt's pick of fantastic four number one and i'm let me see what did he, did he say he was kind of glowing about this book i was slightly surprised by this um he was like uh, i haven't been reading ff so don't know what's going on with ff and this may this is made for people who know ff but maybe don't really know what's going on with ff he said <laughs> he, i'm reading him verbatim but it's a timeless story and a great character piece and a phenomenal standalone comic book. So, and I I kind of agree with him because it was a great piece of storytelling uh, with what happened in the book. You should definitely check it out. And I don't know if with what Ryan North is doing is going to be on the same caliber with the rest of the characters. I'm kind of I would I'm I can go through a few issues of this mm-hmm. at the very least. Um, that being said, I don't, hmm. actually, I, that is up there for me. I, I, I will say that. Yeah. Um, same here. Same here. I will say, I, I'll tell you what my candidates are. Okay. Right. One of them is Fantastic Four number one. Mm-hmm. One of the other ones is Spider-Man number two, just because I, I got a real kick out of just seeing all these different spiders running around. Agreed. Right. Uh, and and some of the some of the the the, the laugh out loud moments like the Doctor Strange part and you know even the the the, the baffling moment that we got with <laughs> Silk and, and and Spidey yes um you know so those are really my two main candidates so I'm kind of left deciding between the two how about yourself hmm uh yes 
I um yeah, for the most part, it is those two. There is a part. The whole why is this Batman fighting fighting Sinestro thing was kind of amusing for me. Um, you know, but then, again, this is something that has happened in comics before, not just on DC side, but on Marvel side. Cause like the hence the whole uh, act of vengeance, you know, mention. Uh, Moon Knight was also a pretty good one, but we always say that about Moon Knight because you know Jed McKay. Is, you know, does pretty good, uh, pretty good work with that character and others. Um, and while Agent Seven was talking, I was getting a particular comic uh, book cover or two that I didn't have. One of one or two of which I will send to him later on, which if he hasn't seen, <laughs> I, w- I won't uh, reveal that at this very moment. Um, Were they that was funny a- variant covers? Yes. <laughs> They're in the you, back of the you book. You already knew. Yeah, you already knew. In the knew. back of the book. They're in oh, the back okay. of the book. When I looked at them, I was like, ooh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, that was one particular one. I'm like, oh, oh, all right, sure, all right. Yeah, I was like, oh, goodness, okay. Right. Uh, you know, it's one of those times when I'm like, oh, would that have been on the news, uh, on the on the stands at the at, at, at like Midtown Comics? They would, but it probably would have been bagged or... or yeah, probably. You know, blocked. Oh, like, yeah, probably, yeah, cover. shielded. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. So, All right, so you know what? I am going to. <sighs> I'm going to bite the bullet and say uh, uh, FF number one as well. Okay, it's a solid pick. So I'm I I can't be mad at you for that. Um, there's another book I was going to mention. Oh. I'm just going to mention that, yeah, there's a Death of Superman's 30th anniversary special that came out this week. Um, I didn't get a chance to read that. And I don't think I read the original one, now that I think about it, but I I know enough about what happens, obviously. Right. Everybody, everybody knows what happened there. Um, there's another book I was going to mention, but I don't remember what it is in this book. So that being said, yeah, I'm probably just going to go with uh, Fantastic Four. Oh, nice. Clean sweep. Yeah, like I said, it it is it is the one that stood out, and just like I said in our back channel, I was like, yeah, I had some other stuff to read, but I'm I was pretty much on board with that one, um, from the reading of it. So that's that. And while I put this, um, while I put this back up, it is now time for a transition into the news. But first, uh, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. And we get into the cinematic news as we do about this time with a little bit of pew. 
first up, some sad news. I, I had to I had to put this up front so we can just go ahead and and, and rub the band-aid off of it. Uh legendary Batman voice actor, the definitive voice of Batman, some would say. I would be one of those people. Kevin Conroy uh has passed away at uh sixty-six. Um it says here that um actor Diane Pershing, who voiced Poison Ivy, uh shared the heartbreaking news on Facebook with the quote, uh, very sad news, our beloved voice of Batman, Kevin Conroy, died yesterday. Um, that would be on the 10th. Uh, he's been ill for a while, but he really put in a lot of time at the cons to the joy of all of his fans. He will be sorely missed, not just by the cast of the series, but by his legions of fans uh, around the world, she wrote. Uh, and yeah, there was definitely a lot of outpouring uh, you know, uh, on the internet today. Like I told Agent 70, I saw this right after I got home from my viewing today of uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So it was like, man, I didn't need this. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously nothing you could do about it and, you know, and, and you know, things happen. Uh, right. It's just the timing of it all, you yeah. know, coincides with, you know, what is what can be, you know, called a very somber experience at the movie theater. Exactly. So. Uh, you know, when I saw this, I was in shock, but at the same time, at the same time, I had noticed that, uh, Kevin Conroy had seemed frail the last time I had seen him in person in 2019. And I think we had probably seen some photos or video of him, like, you know, during the pandemic or like in this most recent kind of, uh, con season and noticed that maybe he didn't look as hale and hearty as we're used to seeing. So, uh, you know, maybe something was up and as, as, uh, was Diane Pershing? Yes. As Diane Pershing said, he may have been dealing with an illness, a long-term illness for a while. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, it, it took its toll and, and shocked everyone because the outpouring of grief that I saw online was, you know, was immense. You know, uh, I saw Mark Hamill post. I saw, you know, numerous comic book fans and comic book creators post that, uh, you know, and, you know, in in <coughs> in almost unison that Kevin Conroy was the voice of Batman for multiple generations mm-hmm. of Batman fans. To me, he is. Batman. He's the Batman I think of when I close my eyes and and listen. Agreed. Agreed. You know, it's not any of the cinematic Batmans. It's not Batman sixty six. It's <laughs> it's really not Adam West. It's the animated series Batman that I think of. Not the Justice League Batman with the extra pointy ears, but the Batman the animated series Batman. That's what I think of. Well, I mean, it was and still him, voice. but I get what you're saying. Yeah, right. No, but I'm just. <laughs> I'm just talking about, you know, specifically the image and the right. and the and the sound that I hear when I close my eyes and just in my mind's eye think of like the quintessential Batman. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, everyone from Mike Hamill to uh to Tara Strong and, and, and everybody else who have worked uh, with him you know, it's just been a lot of outpouring. I'm seeing in this article, and I totally forgot about this, that he did I mean he did live action stuff also, so it wasn't that he was just a voice actor, but that's what most people have known about it from. But he also played uh like 
older Bruce Wayne in the the, the last crisis um, in the Arrowverse. Right, and, right. And according to this article here, like Conroy previously spoke about fans being upset as angry Bruce Wayne from his Batwoman appearance in Crisis on Infinite Earths. So the, the fans weren't happy about that. I was like, I have not seen this yet, so I, this is new, new to me. Um, like they didn't like seeing that version of Bruce Wayne. Conroy said on the Inside of You podcast was Michael Rosenberg. Another, you know, yeah, you all know who that is. Some of y'all know who that is anyway. Um, but for me, it was fun. It was a lot of fun to sort of stretch out my action acting chops a little bit. And I've been meaning to catch up with the Arrowverse stuff for a minute, but it's going to be a while to get to that point. <laughs> not me, not me. But in any event, you know, it's it's definitely you know, the, like I have one. Kevin Conroy soundbite. And we all know what it is, but I'm going to play it here. And it's kind of apropos because even though the attitude is wrong, you know, it feels like this is something that we're all going to be doing for a little while. Cry me a river. <laughs> you know, while, while, while the intent behind the delivery of that line is different, essentially that's what we're all doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one as well, and unfortunately, I don't know where it went. So, uh, I will save... Oh, wait, no, here it is. I don't think so. I could play the homie don't play that after that, but... Um, but in but any event, folks, that was a, a, a real shock... Um, excuse me. Yes. <coughs> shock to the system today. Indeed, indeed. I feel like the the the, the Batman tears. I feel like this needs to play also. Yep, and we yep, can, yep, yep, yep. And we can move on. Absolutely. Moving on. In an exclusive report by Cosmic Circus, is this real? The upcoming <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universe series for Disney Plus will be filming under. Uh, the Daredevil Born Again uh, series for Disney Plus will be filming under the working title Out the Kitchen and the production company title Blind Faith Productions LLC. The working title appears not only to reference Matt Murdock's home of Hell's Kitchen in New York City, but may also hint at seeing the man without fear leave town as he did in She-Hulk Attorney at Law. So I will be on the lookout for signs around New York City. Let's say out the kitchen when it comes to uh, parking. You know that's that's always my clue as to where these um, where these uh, shoots are happening. You'll see uh, different colored uh, signs taped to parking signs around the block. And if you see a working title, sometimes you can Google it and you can find out what the production is. Sometimes they don't care. It's just Law and Order SVU. <laughs> so, <laughs> Most times it's Law and Order. Sure, why not? Right. That's just what it comes down to. It's like the Good Wife. You know, like the TV shows. They're very much out. Uh, they're they're very much um, uh, 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 what you call it. Very open and, and 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 transparent about what's shooting. But when it comes to anything Marvel or film related, they are very much circumspect and very. Uh, uh, secretive about what is going on because they want to avoid, you know, major spoilers. Sure. Yeah, and even though they will have snipers on the adjoining rooftops. Right. Also, you know, you know, the articles like this are pretty much report slash rumor slash whatever. But some of these were 
it is, you know, where it talks about the, you know, working titles and stuff like that. I guess some of them have come true. We don't, we haven't seen where that's actually been the case, but, you know, or not personally been the case, but hey, things happen. Right. Uh, speaking of reports, well, you ain't heard that from me. there it is. Speaking of another report, Agatha Coven of Chaos uh, directors and episode count has potentially been revealed. Uh, according to the Illuminati, where did they get these things? Um, WandaVision creator uh, Jack Schaefer will reportedly direct uh, at least one episode of the upcoming Disney Plus series. Uh, Ganja Montero, best known for her work on Sh- Showtime The Shy, is reportedly reported to be taking out the director's seat as well. The report also claims that uh, Agatha Coven of Chaos will be a nine-episode limit series, uh, putting in the same episode count as WandaVision and She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Whether that remains, or whether that is the case, I guess we'll find out. Next up. So, apparently, trade reports, and I kind of trust trade reports a little bit more than some of these random websites trade reports and what's implied there is it's probably variety deadline hollywood reporter right trade reports revealed that uh the wandavision spinoff agatha coven of chaos has added sashir zamata and eric andre to its cast before principal photography kicks off next month right around the corner folks Zamata is expected to have a recurring role throughout the series while andre is said to only have one episode on his docket this is first reported by Deadline. Yeah, it's crazy about him, so that's good. <laughs> I'm not sure who that is. I'm going to Google that right now as you go on to the next story. Uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever's budget. I'm going to take the next one after this since it's related also. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever's budget sets an important world record. Um, and I, it's basically the... The um the biggest budgeted uh, Marvel movie to date, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wait, so it says here uh, that's also the case. Variety revealed that uh, the Black Panther sequel carries a production budget of 250 million, and according to Direct, that makes it the most expensive film featuring a black lead. Um, I believe it is also up there with uh, one of Marvel's most expensive films, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. I saw elsewhere. Of the solo, right, of the solo movies. Right. Uh, Wakanda Forever dethrones 2012's Men in Black 3. Uh, and... Da, 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 da. Oh, the final three spots are films that were, were working with budgets of $200 million, which was 2018's Black Panther, 2019's Hobbs and Shaw. That, man, that was way too much money for that. And uh, 2020's Tenet, which I've still never seen. Um, so yeah, there is that. And, um, speaking of, um, how much money it's made, Wakanda Forever scores 2022's third biggest opening night. And this is just after one night. Um, uh, it says here that according to box office analyst Gitesh Pandia, Wakanda Forever earned $28 million in Thursday's previews. Uh, easily beating the 25.5 million that the first Black Panther made in 2018. 
the Wakanda Forever currently has 22 and 2 third is third biggest uh, preview night after fellow MCU titles Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness and Thor Love and Thunder at uh, 36 million and 29 million respectively uh, the new Black Panther movie also performed better than the competition above uh, DC's The Batman at 22 million and unsurprisingly Black Adam at 7.6 million Oh, I've got a sound effect for that one. Just give me a second to pull it up. I was going to say there was a character that we didn't talk about much, but either before the show or in our recap of uh, or our impressions of Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever, and that was of Riri Williams. And there is a curiosity as a uh, in a couple of choices that they made uh, with that character in the uh, in that in the movie, which I won't go into right now. But curious indeed, I will say. Yeah. Yep. 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 Alrighty. Speaking of Wakanda Forever, and a character who is apparently banished uh, <laughs> due to this character's actions in the first Black Panther movie. Daniel Kaluuya, <laughs> not yes. his character in uh, Black Panther, but Daniel Kaluuya, the actor, is swinging into the Spider-Verse. The actor, last seen having a close encounter in Jordan Peele's Nope, has joined the voice cast of Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, uh, the sequel to the Oscar-winning animated film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So uh, this movie is going to hit theaters on June 2nd, 2023. Yeah. Spider Punk. Yeah. Oh yes, I was about to say it. I was I was about to say that he's been cast as Spider Punk. Yeah. But Japan is a breakout character. Who knew? <laughs> it's the look. It's the look. Right? Yeah. Because it's actually Hobie Brown. Right. Right? Which makes this an appropriate casting. You know, who we know as the Prowler in um in the regular Marvel universe, but Hobie is uh well the Prowler is a little different in the Spider Verse movie. So they are they they are using this version of Hobie um, in the guise un, under the identity of Spider Punk. Yep, actually, I was going to go so far as to say, and in, in the comics, as of late, or at least the last time we saw him, anyway. But because they can't kind of keep flipping his uh, allegiance, uh, kind of. Anyway, and oh, you know, Hobie. Oh, oh, I yeah, got Hobie you. Brown. I got you. Yeah, I got yeah, Hobie yeah, Brown yeah. himself, right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also showed up in this week's uh, 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 Spider-Man number two uh, in, a, in a in a version. So yeah. Uh, next up though, the Acculate uh, Star Wars series adds Carrie Ann Moss, Charlie Bennett, Rebecca Henderson, Daphne Keene, and uh, Dean Charles Chapman to the cast. Now, two of those names you will know. One in particular was the first one. Obviously, you will probably obviously. Know. Uh, the other ne- one of note that I totally I know of, but I didn't. I've still yet to see this movie. Is Daphne Keene, who uh, basically played. I think she was uh, was she Laura in Logan? Yeah. Yep. So I still have. You haven't watched seen, Logan? I still have not seen Logan wow. yet. Mm-mm. Well, I it's have. on Disney Plus, right? Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I uh, think so, and I own it. So I mean, either way, I, I got it. But okay. Yeah, I just uh, still haven't seen it yet for some odd reason. I said I was going to go through all of them again because I've watched a couple of them. I watched the first one. And I've watched bits of the second one. Uh, 
but Logan is the one I haven't, I absolutely haven't seen. So, uh, but yeah, so it says here though that um, well, let's see, Daphne King, his dark materials, but like I said, Laura and, and Logan, Rebecca Henderson's from Inventing Anna, Charlie Bender is from Russian Doll, and Dean Charles Chapman is from 1917. You already know who where Carrie Ann Moss is from. Don't have to say it. <laughs> for, for crying uh, out loud if we have to tell you you know and, and get out of that rock that's all I gotta say yeah and there's, and there's uh, the next issue the next episode um, the next article is tied to this uh, so I guess I go ahead and take that also because sure. in that article in this particular next article uh, the plot details of the Acolyte show has been have been given and it sounds like uh, Jedi investigating crimes. Not maybe not necessarily uh, as in a procedural. <laughs> Although I would like to see that show, <laughs> like a Jedi Law and Order, that would be cool. Right. Uh, but it says here that um, let's see. Excuse me. Details about the acolyte is uh, trickled out slowly, including potential production timelines and actors being cast. That of that, uh, basically, that uh, it says that uh, it is a mystery thir- thriller that sees a young Padawan reunite with her Jedi Master to investigate a series of crimes during the final days of the High Republic era. So that part, uh, I guess, we guess right on that one. Or. Um, while the plot details still leave plenty of mystery for eager audiences, it also sets up a unique series in the Star Wars world. Um, and then it kind of goes off from there uh, about the synopsis, which we won't get into. So, yeah, uh, it's a different time. It's, it's, we're still going back to Jedi and Sith, but we're getting something a little bit different. So I, and I'm kind of curious about this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it whenever it pops off. Next up. The story of the Rebel Alliance being told on the Star Wars series Andor will apparently bring the story back to Yavin 4 during the show's developing second season. While discussing the hiring of new writer Tom Bissell with Collider, Andor showrunner Tony Gilroy alluded to the planet, which the Rebellion famously turned into a key base, making a return in key season two scenes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Black Adam Star reveals big reveals reaction to big reshoots with Viola Davis's Amanda Waller. I guess spoilers. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, Aldous Hodge, who plays uh, Hawkman, uh, spoke with the Hollywood Reporter and revealed when Davis got involved with Black Adam. Quote: uh, So when we first shot the movie, Viola Davis wasn't in it at all. We had all completely different scenes. Uh, when we did reshoots, I saw her name on the script and I said, oh shit, uh, Hodge shared. I worked with Viola when I was 12 or 14 on a show called City of Angels. And even though we weren't face to face, it was awesome to share the screen with her again and something of this magnitude. So that's cool. Um, next up. So after being spotted as a new character in The Flash Season 9 set photos, Javisha, uh, actress Javisha Leslie has confirmed she will be suiting up again as the Arrow versus Batwoman. Uh, so the Flash is going to come to an end in 2023. And uh, let's see here. 
Batwoman, if you remember, was canceled after three seasons, but Leslie will be appearing in the Flash season nine, but apparently as more than one Arrowverse character. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, apparently, yeah. Yeah, she played like Red Death. I don't know who that was supposed to be, but then in, in addition to her Batwoman character, so that's interesting. Um, still not caught up. Titan showrunner hints, uh, hints at potential Superman appearance. Quote, stay tuned. Uh, and this is a spoiler for season four, two episode premiere. Uh, and I think this is pretty much spoiler when I say the titles Lex Luthor and Mother Mayhem. Right. If that doesn't give you an idea of at the very least where they're going to be, I don't know what to tell you. I got to tell you, I stopped watching this a while ago. I know. (laughs) I keep saying I'm going to try to catch up with it, but I can't bring myself to do it because I think I didn't get as far as you did with it. Mm. So I think I got to like the first probably actually I think I got halfway through the first season. But whatever that was at the time. Okay, so, yeah. so this next particular this uh, this next story makes me want to watch it even less. <laughs> HBO Max's Titans introduced Brother Blood to season four, and the show has altered the character's origin story to incorporate a common trope for villains. Hey, <laughs> all right. So apparently, the character starts off as an awkward nerd, similar to other villain origins origin stories in various media, such as. Kristen Wiig's Cheetah in Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, keep reading, keep reading, not spoiling everything. So yeah, that's that's pretty lame. <laughs> yes. They've altered the deal. Pray they don't alter it further. No, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers Discovery loses $2.3 billion, hence at imminent price hike for HBO Max. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, the, um, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav continued to defend the deep cuts, the deep cuts to the company's animation and streaming lineups during uh, an earnings call, signaling, signaling that more could be on the way. After absorbing a 2.8 million net loss in the most recent quarter, which is kind of funny considering half the stuff they they cut, including Batgirl, by the way, was supposedly for tax write-offs. Right. Weird. Uh, spending money, quote unquote, spending money with abandon, all in the service of building sub numbers, is in our view, uh, <laughs> is in our view deeply flawed. Uh, Zaslav slid said during the call. His comments follow a period in which uh, Warner Brothers Discovery has aggressively slashed its animated offerings, canceled movies like Batgirl, the aforementioned Batgirl, and removed shows and movies from services like HBO Max. I'm just sitting here like, wait, what other services outside of Disney? I mean, the discovery do they have? <laughs> so yeah, that's that's that. Let's get that dude out of there. Or yeah, something. confusing times for anyone who is, you know, uh, a regular user of HBO Max. Right. Uh, I, I I did read something uh, prior to the show that I believe the Godzilla vs Kong movie is about to drop off uh, HBO Max. Yeah. I'm like, why? But I guess it's going to another service so that they can make some money. I guess so, because I think they did the same thing. Well, no, they didn't do that. Because that Mortal Kombat movie also did the same thing. And Matrix Resurrection also did that, I believe. But I don't think they went to any other uh, services. So that's weird. 
Um, also, watch Craig of the Creek while you still can. And I'm not saying nothing's happening in that show, but I'm just saying it's a great show. You should watch it. Uh, and I was going to say, didn't, didn't they announce that it was canceled? Uh, after this next season, yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're still, yeah, because they're in season four now, and I think season five is their next, their last season. Okay. Or is it season four is their last season? Either way, yeah, it is. They they have been canceled, but they still have some more shows coming. Ernie Hudson says, uh, Ghost or No, I'm about to say, I got this one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Ghost, Ghostbusters Afterlife director Jason Reitman and writer Gil Kanan have been hard at work developing the sequel for the film, which is apparently tentatively titled Firehouse. Ernie Hudson has come out, who play, you know, we know, we all know he plays Winston Zedmore in the franchise, has offered a little update. He has teased that he has read a version of the sequel script, and he's excited about it. Okay. He's seen shit that'll turn you white. Ah. I just love saying that line. I don't know why it's so, so silly. Also, I still need to play that Ghostbusters game in which he has a role in, apparently, uh, in due time. Guess what, folks? Uh, that low-budget horror Winnie the Pooh um, movie that came out is getting a theatrical release in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Mexico. So if you haven't seen it and for some odd reason want to see it, uh, you can go to the you can go to the theaters um, for one day on February fifteenth, which is a amusingly timed uh, <laughs> uh, um, to an amusingly timed date to put that on. <laughs> um, but it says here that um, yeah, Fathom Events is set to release the the. Um, uh, the thing for that one particular day next year. Uh, and also, if I'm not mistaken, that um, one of the people behind the film is also planning um, a twisted take on Peter Pan's, uh, on Peter Pan called Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare. So y'all have started some things here. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Make it stop. Next up. The Muppet Christmas Carol extended cut is finally getting its Disney Plus release next month. Disney released the original Muppet, The Muppet Christmas Carol in 1992 to modest commercial and critical success. It has since enjoyed a niche following, spawning the 2002 sequel, It's a Very Merry Muppet Christmas Movie, and remains a Christmas staple among audiences for decades to come. Okay. And has remained a Christmas staple, that is. Speaking of, of which, there's another holiday staple that is coming up soon, of which I forgot, well, I intentionally didn't put the article in, but you will hear it about it next week. This All right. <laughs> Zootopia Plus trailer teases six new stories for Disney Plus series. That is already out uh, as of this recording, because it came out this past Wednesday. Um, I, I guess I hesitate to call it an anthology series. Uh, and they don't call it that, but they call it a short form series. But it will take audiences back to the buzzing metropolis of Zootopia, of which I still have not seen all of. Um, but if you have and you like that movie, here's some more Zootopia for you. There you go. Uh, next up. Alrighty. Uh, the John Wick prequel series, The Continental, will launch internationally on Prime Video. So in the U.S., the Lionsgate television series will instead launch on Peacock. 
The Continental is planned as a three-episode event series, with each episode being 90 minutes long. Okay. Which that may have been, I think that's been said before, but I don't remember. Um, and you get the good article. Um, not saying this next one isn't, but nevertheless. Keanu Reeves and um, um, the, 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 the Ian McShane both are confirmed to be returning uh, to be reprising their roles. But in the spinoff movie, The Ballerina, which is in the same uh, universe as John Wick, if you did not, uh, if that wasn't uh, clear. So according to Collider, the actor will reprise his role as John Wick in The, in the Ballerina, um, which I still don't remember that character. Like, I, re- I kind of vaguely remember, like, that scene where it's The Ballerina showing up, but I don't remember them focuses on any particular one. So I'm sitting here like, which, which, who and which one and why? <laughs> doesn't oh, matter God. because at the end of the day that's like ripe you know that's ripe for storytelling like that whole academy look you know what i mean i suppose i suppose so yeah um says it is currently unknown how the two john wick characters will factor into the spinoffs plot and how large their roles uh will be in the film i'm just going to posit probably not that much yeah but I'm- but if you're getting them to, you might as well make it, hopefully make it significant at the very least, if you're going to go ahead right. and put that information out there. But next up, in big news... But I was about to say, who's, who, who's um, whatchamacallit, who is, I forget who the lead actress is in Ballerina. It's uh, someone Anna, big. Anna, um, uh, and it's Armas, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's big. I mean, yeah. You know, but again, you know, like she, that... You know, she's you know, she's a prime she, actress right now, and, uh, you know, um, no, no pun intended. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's ripe for storytelling, for expanding the John Wick universe. Sure. You know, once they introduce that whole, like, uh, school uh, uh, concept. So. Yeah, I remember it was basically like the Red Room, but not. Um, mm. Yeah. So moving right along to the, the other big story in that universe. Yes, I posted this in my stories again at Agent underscore 70 on Twitter, on Twitter and on Instagram, but I posted this, this to my Instagram stories. A new John Wick Chapter 4 teaser trailer has been released, and it showcases Paris and tons of action. So, uh, you know, if it, just as we've been saying, 2023 is going to be a great year for the John Wick franchise. We don't yet have the official release date of the Continental or Ballerina. Uh, we do know that John Wick Chapter 4 is coming in late March of uh, 2023. So we do have the actual date. It's just not here in the um, in the article. Is it like March 23rd or something like that? It's 23rd or 25th, one of those two. Yeah, but it's definitely yeah, the last week of March. Yeah, I or, remember seeing... Oh, 24th. 24th. It says right yeah. here. Okay. Premieres, it's at the... You know, I had to scroll down a little bit. They buried the lead on that one, folks. John Wick Chapter 4 premieres in theaters on March 24th, 2023. Uh, Donnie Yen features prominently in this trailer, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's going to be the longest in the franchise, according to this related article, uh, according to Chad Zielinski. So look out for that. <laughs> Looking forward to it, folks. Looking yeah, kinda. forward to it. Kind of. No, I, can, I can do with another John Wick. I saw somebody, I was like, saw somebody say it, some, a comic book creator saying that they, things like that, they couldn't do it after three, they're, they're they can't do it, but like to each his own. They're still fun to me. <laughs> yes, like they are starting to get a little bit longer than tooth, but they're they're still fun enough where I, I can go for another one. 
Uh, and now we're going to go over into the anime corner. Which I keep forgetting to put my little tags down. But the first slam dunk anime film reveals new promo video, main cast, theme, and theme song artists. Um, so Toei Animation reveals in a live stream on, I guess, last Friday, um, in a live stream, a new promotional video for the first Slam Dunk, a new anime film from uh, Takehiko Inoue's uh, Slam Dunk Must Basketball man- Manga. Uh, the live stream will also reveal the film's main cast, as well as theme song, as I said. Um, I will not go over into the cast, because I don't know any of these people. It's the Japanese cast anyway, and I'm not saying that that's not that doesn't make them less, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> even if I were to read these names off, not many of you wouldn't know this. Unless you're just that hardcore, you probably are. The film will open in Japan on December 3rd. The movie will have IMAX screenings in 40 cinemas all over Japan, and Dolby Atmos screenings in 34 cinemas uh, starting on December 3rd. The movie will get Dolby Cinema screening, screening starting December 10th. Uh, dee, 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 dee. No word whether or when it's going to come to the U.S. Next up. Crunchyroll announced on Tuesday, that this past Tuesday, that it will hold the world premiere for the Trigun uh, Stampede Anime's first episode at Anime NYC coming up on November 18th in just a few days. Wow. It's later. This, uh, it's, it's next week, folks. Yep. Same day Pokemon official website, comes out. I'm sorry? <laughs> same day Pokemon comes out. The official website for the anime also. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. I know because Age of 70 is not a video gamer. That's why I, <laughs> when he brushed past it, that's why I <laughs> messed him up. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Anime NYC previously announced that it will host staff members from CG Anime Studio Orange who are working on the anime, including chief producer and producer. The screening will take place during the panel featuring the staff. Okay. I mm, I, I I want to watch this. I am going to watch this. I, I, I feel it. But I don't know. The art style, between art style and a, a character that doesn't show up, I'm, I'm, I don't know how to feel about it. That's all I can say. But I will watch it. I like Trigun. I like Trigun a lot. Uh, Chainsaw Man creator reveals Denji's terrible prank. I'm not going to read too much of this because I still haven't caught up with the last couple of episodes. Uh, but there's spoilers for episode 5 of Chainsaw Man, uh, which, is, which is out there now. You're not up to date? No, I am not. Oh, it's too bad. Next up. All right. Bleach's... Uh... Chad voice actor Jameson Price will no longer voice people of color characters. Okay. Um, none of this means anything to me because I never watched dubs. Jameson Price, the voice actor behind Yasutora Sado, a.k.a. Chad, in the English dub of the original Bleach anime, has confirmed he will not appear in the dub of Thousand Year Blood War by choice. Okay. Because he says representation matters, access matters. Right. Okay. Which is, you know what? Good for him. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Good for him. But like I said, I have no clue who this person is because I don't watch dubs. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, that is true. Which, to be fair, that character didn't really say much in in either. 
the, the, or at least from what I've watched in Bleach, that character doesn't really say that much. So I, I can only imagine. I, I remember what he said because I remember watching the ones, but yeah, yeah, sure. In who's uh, next up, uh, Bleach Thousand Year War gets uh, bloody with Ken Pachi's uh, compact. Which I've seen people were like, yeah, we love Kimbachi. I'm like, okay, he's a lunatic. That's why you like him? Sure. Um, but anyway, Bleach uh, Thousand Year Blood War has finally brought uh, Kimbachi Zaraki to the new anime. And he's really exploded onto the scene with the same kind of brutality fell, fans fell in love with uh, in the first anime over a decade ago. The first few episodes have fully thrust the Soul Society into a huge invasion from the Stenritter forces, and with it has revealed uh, that each of the captains are now facing a much deadlier group of foes than they have ever faced in the past. But it's a different case for Kenpachi as he easily mows through the very same enemies. Um, sure, not surprising there. Won't go too many further for my father because I'm not up to date on that either. Next up. All right, so we're transitioning over to the manga. Yep. Yes, I know that's one of the anime transitions, but uh, give me a break here, folks. Jujutsu Kaisen reveals how strong special grade sorcerers can be. So it's getting ready for the climax. The, the manga is getting ready for the climax of the culling game arc. And the newest chapter of the series has teased just how dangerous of an entity the special grade sorcerers really are. Okay. Not going to go too much into it, but at the end of the day, we've only seen them, these characters, use their abilities to the fullest at rare opportunities. Yes. Gojo's OP. We all know this. Yeah, Um, pretty much. My Hero Academia details Koda's new form and ultimate move. Uh, this is a, it's probably, yeah, this is a spoiler for the latest chapter. Uh, won't really go too far into that, but, uh, yeah, apparently he's got a new look or they have a new look. I don't know this character. So, so let me, yes, I was about to say, I'm up on this. Um, I don't know if I read this one, to be honest, I, I'm now I'm going to go double check because I did see, I, 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 I am keeping up with the, my hero academia. Uh, as it like races towards a conclusion, because that's really what they're teasing. But it, there seems to be uh, still a long way to go um, in terms of the manga. But uh, but yeah, I'm gonna just double check uh, this after I read the next story. Oh, basically, shonen trope. I'll, I'll just say, I'll say that. <laughs> no, not exactly. Well, I will, I'm, I'm going by what I'm reading here. Right. I'll, I will say that. Uh, it's it, it it doesn't carry that particular storyline because um, without spoiling it, uh, in a world where ev- or, or almost everyone has superpowers, mm-hmm. much like in comics, the ones who don't get um, the ones who get uh, more severe. Think of the um, the 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 the, 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 the planet. Of um, oh, I forget the the name of the planet during Dan Slott's Fantastic Four run. Oh, where, Spire. Is that what the planet was called? I believe that's the case. Where they are, where they um the um oh they called the undefeated or uh, the unparalleled. Right, exactly yeah. the unparalleled. Right, yeah. right. I believe so. It was remember called Spire. there was a right. So there, so there, so if you recall, there is a, a a distinction between the people that that get um. Uh, 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 powers that don't change their physical appearance and the ones that do. 
Right. And that's where this that's where this uh, uh, storyline, or at least the sub this um, uh, uh, you know sub sub part of the story. Right. There ties was a word. There was a word. Eternals parallel in that particular situation. But mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Next up. Japanese publishing and entertainment company Kadokawa Corporation has reached an agreement to acquire majority control of the media business of anime news site Anime News Network from its owner, Canadian company Anime News Network Inc. The company's announced Kadokawa is proceeding with the acquisition to further strengthen Kadokawa's global marketing efforts relating to the digital and physical products handled by Bookwalker, Yen Press, LLC, and J Novel Club, LLC. Okay. Say it again. Kadokawa. Woo! <laughs> uh, you know what? You take this next one. All right, give me a second. I was going to look up My Hero Academia, but fine. <laughs> uh, here we go. Let me open this up. And the story is over two years after the end of Haruichi Furudate's hit volleyball manga Haikyuu, the gag manga Let's Haikyuu will also end its run, as reported by Otaku. Uh, USA Magazine, the spin-off four-panel manga, Let's Haikyuu, will release its final chapter, chapter 294, on November 12th. That is today, because we have passed midnight uh, during our recording and broadcast. The gag manga, created by Retsu, retells the story of Haikyuu, but in a more lighthearted and silly manner. Let's Haikyuu began its serialization in September 2014 until July 2018, before it went on hiatus. And we started again in October 2020. At the moment, the series has 10 tanko, Tankobon volumes. Okay. So, uh... Shout out to Haikyuu. If you have not watched the anime, it is phenomenal. Yeah. And now we get into comic book news. And that was quite appropriate because Spider-Man and Doctor Strange joined new Monica Rambeau series. Um, don't know why she needs it, but hey, sure. Uh, it says here that the, the first look for um, Marvel's new Monica Rambeau photon that sees the titular hero battling a new enemy with some help from Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Wong. Um, Wong uh, is everywhere. Wong is everywhere. Uh, Monica Rambeau Photon is a new five-issue limited series from writer Eve L. Ewing, artist Luca Maresca, and Ivan Fiorello, Fiorelli, excuse me, and colorist Carlos Lopez. Uh, an early first look at the first issue in the series pretty much says what I just said at the beginning of this. Um, oh, sees Monica joining Doctor Strange and Wong at the Sanctum Sanctorum for reasons that remain unknown. Uh, she's called away by a new enemy. Uh, we won't go so far into there because I'm pretty sure we'll be talking about it when that book comes out December 14th. And rest assured, we will. Next up. Okay, so I did not read this past uh, weekend's My Hero Academia, so I am going to have to catch up on that after the show. Oh, uh, I also wanted to mention... Then. And, you know, obviously we're not getting paid to uh, cross-promote anything here. But in this week's This Week in Marvel podcast, Eve Ewing is a guest. And she does an excellent job. I would recommend this episode to anyone who's actually looking to write comics. I know that Roddy Cat has expressed some interest in this. So I would recommend that to him and anyone else 
uh, who who is interested in the in in possibly writing comic books to take a listen to Eve L. Ewing's interview. Uh, you know the interview she she gives on the uh, This Week in Marvel podcast this week. Nice, yeah, and I believe she comes comes from novel, uh, the world of novels, and uh, it's National Novel Writing Month, which is still going on, and hopefully everybody who is participating is getting their words in. Right, as well as being an academic, she is a uh, yes. a, a professor. That so, is true. Um, you know, that's uh, you know, she she's uh, talented and 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 does diverse things. So, uh, it was very evident that she has a deep love for genre and at the same time has a lot of things to say about uh you know writing a lot of things yeah in and yeah. of itself yes so yeah i would definitely be checking that i would out. recommend that all right yeah. next up so a trailer released by marvel comics is celebrating a new era of iron man comics the armored avenger is getting a new creative team and writer jerry duggan and artist juan for gary together they are relaunching the invincible iron man which will feature familiar foes like living laser and new rivals like x-men villain fey long iron man's 60th anniversary kicks off in 2023 so there's no better time to follow tony stark's exploits than now a trailer for December's Invincible Iron Man number one showcases never-before-seen artwork from Frigari, along with Tony Stark once again hitting rock bottom. Hmm. I was I was kind of wondering if if Fei Long was actually going to interact with anybody outside of the um um uh, of the X Corner, and who better than Tony Stark, who has also did some similar <laughs> body modifications? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, extremist anybody? I'm pretty sure that's probably going to come up. Uh, Marvel's Spider-Gwen gets her own clone saga in new series. Uh, says here, what happens when you cross uh, Spider-Man's clone saga with the Sinister Six? You get Ghost Spider, Shadow Clones, a new five-issue limited series uh, pitting Gwen Stacy, the Spider-Woman of Earth-65, against the army of Gwen clones based on Spider-Man's greatest villains. Excuse me. Um, earlier this year, Spider-Gwen Gwenverse miniseries reimagines Ghost Spider, Ghost Spider, excuse me, as multiversal variants like Thor Gwen, Gwen Rogers, uh, and Gwen Howlett uh, Wolverine. Uh, in March 2023, the web-slinging superhero will find out what happens when she meets new Gwen clones, crossed with Spidey villains, uh, Doctor Octopus, Sandman, and the Vulture, all designed by acclaimed artist Peach Momoko. So, okay, cool. Then it gets into the synopsis from there. They're really pushing this whole uh, Winverse thing. But then again, they've been doing that with a couple of spider characters, so not a surprise. Next up. I have to admit that when Roddy Cat started talking about Fei Long from that previous article that I read, okay. I was thinking of the Street Fighter character. I can see why. <laughs> I completely forgot. I completely forgot about that character being uh, in um, uh, X-Men and I believe X-Men Red. Correct. Yes. So I had to look that up. I was like, what was he talking about? Oh, okay. I remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember that storyline. Yeah. All right. Uh, since Namor, the Submariner, has surfaced in the MCU, as we talked about earlier, uh, Marvel is collecting classic Silver Age comics featuring Namor in Mighty Marvel Masterworks, Namor the Submariner Volume 1. The quest begins on sale uh, in a few days, November 15th, and uh, it's going to be a 176-page trade paperback collecting a whole bunch of issues. I'm looking for a price point. 
Retailing for $15.99, Mighty Marvel Masterworks Namor Volume 1 is on sale again, as I said, November 15th. Imperious Rex. Yep. Uh, dang it, I hate when I do that. Think. Mo- uh, Marvel teases big changes to Wolverine and new preview, uh, which is uh, a preview of this week's Marvel, uh, excuse me, Wolverine 27, and I won't go too far into it because I know Agent 70 is going to read it, even though he has already skimmed it and... and Kind of has oh, I have not even skimmed it. Oh, I thought you did. Said you did. Okay. No, I wanted to skim it, but we, I <clears> ran out of time. Gotcha. Well, there you go. There's a preview out there for those who are interested because there's a change. There's going to be a big change to Wolverine. Next up. All right. Next up. So, uh, in the accompanying article uh, that I'm talking about, Comic Book Resources has a has an exclusive preview of Immortal X Men number eight which is set to uncover a shocking secret about Krakoa's most important couple, namely Mystique and Destiny. So um not going to go into all the details, but this is set to uh, come out uh, with a cover price of $3.99 on November 16th, next week. So we will find out soon enough. Yippers. Um, Marvel's Midnight Suns prequel short uh, recruits Scarlet Witch and Magic. Uh, so yeah, the uh, on the, the Marvel Suns YouTube channel, I believe they have been uh, there's been at least one or two other shorts uh, that are prequels to the upcoming uh, uh, Midnight Suns video game, uh, and this one is called A New Sun Must Rise, and uh, this article goes into what it's about. But you know what? If you are interested in that video game, as probably about as much as I am, you should go check out the prequel. I, I watched a couple of those; They're, they seem all right. Yeah, uh, but the game's going to be out on December second, and I will hopefully um, have it and play it because uh, it's interesting. It seems like an interesting way to take those characters. Next up, so if you are a fan of this show. It means that you're a fan of comic books or you're interested in comic books. So there's a particular development in Wakanda Forever that should not be a big surprise to you, but it can be for some people. I know that some things are spoiled to me by Marvel Legends figures. So this article is a possible spoiler for the movie. So I'm going to just hit the spoiler bell and not go too much into detail here. So to prepare fans for the highly anticipated release of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, Hot Toys has debuted a first look at its upcoming sixth scale collectible based on Marvel Studios' new Black Panther. And these, these images were shared on Hot Toys' official Instagram accounts uh, account. So this is probably the most detailed look yet at the costume for fans and potential cosplayers. I'll leave yes. it at that, folks. And if you've seen the 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 official last trailer for Wakanda Forever, you've you've seen glimpses of the glimpses of it as well. So it probably won't be too much of a spoiler, but still, if you want to stay, you know, the mostly spoiler free uh, light or as free of that, yeah, maybe not. That's why I'm mm-hmm. scrolling down in this article, so because this one picture is enough. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, it's a good looking suit though, I will say. Um, interesting choice made. 
Dungeons and Dragons heads back to Dragonlance with new campaign and board game tie-in. So, uh, D&D's next adventure is both a return to a classic setting and an attempt to integrate a classic type of fantasy story into tabletop role-playing. Set for release next month, Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon uh, Queen brings Dungeons and Dragons players to back to Kryn, uh, the home of the Dragonlance campaign setting. The campaign in itself will follow players as they intercede in an early part of the War of the Lance with the forces of uh, Tahesis invading eastern Salvamnia. Excuse me. Also included are several new player options, including uh, Kinders, a race tied closely to Dragonlance, a new sorcerer subclass focusing on lunar magic, and several feats that allow players to join one of Kryn's iconic factions like the Mages of High, uh, Sor- High Sorcery or the Knights of Salamnia. Sol- uh, I'm probably butchering that. Apologies. Um, it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. It will be released on December 6th with uh, DMD Beyond subscribers receiving early access to digital material on November 22nd. Pre-orders are live on uh, Amazon if you so wish for the standalone book. And the Warriors of Kryn bundle is also available on Amazon. So, I just saw that there was a um, D&D game that has been going on for 40 years. That's ridiculous. But I would love to see what the heck they, how that started, and and where they, where, where could they have possibly gone in all that time. So, but anywho, next up, renowned actor and director Andy Serkis, who we've already talked about in this episode, who played Gollum in Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Rings trilogy, as a uh, in addition to Kino Loy on uh, Andor has revealed that he will be narrating an upcoming audiobook of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Silmarillion. All right. I saw uh, G. Willow Wilson saying that um, she, um, she and her kids listened to the other um, ones that he's done. I guess he's done Lord of the Rings. Um, I guess the other trilogy, I assume. Okay. Yeah, before this, and does a fantastic job, which not not a big surprise. <laughs> So, so I guess the fact that he's doing something really, get really in this, you know, and just makes sense. that up. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Star Wars The High Republic gets cracked open in a new awesome art book, which I believe came out this week, now that I think about it. Uh, yes, The Art of Star Wars The High Republic by Kristen Baver is out, uh, well, it just came out on November the 8th. Uh, and it shows how much time, effort, and care has gone into crafting an entirely new era of Star Wars. Uh, most audience will only see in their minds, according to this article. Um, says so that is until the acolyte comes out. Um, and then it goes into the High Republic. Uh, to talk about what the the premise of the High Republic stuff is, which I need to, um, I need to like, get back into because I fell off of that book, and it just started another uh, volume this week. Now that I think about it, so, but yeah, it's a from. From accounts, it's a good-looking art book, uh, and if you are a fan of the High Republic stuff, you can go get it if you haven't already. Next up. While Lionsgate still has two more John Wick movies on their way, the studio is reportedly also considering a big AAA game based on the franchise. During an earnings call uh, last week, 
Uh, Lionsgate CEO John Feltheimer mentioned that the company has been discussing proposals for the game, though nothing is set in stone yet. Okay. There should be a big video game for John Wick. Although seeing them replicate Gunfu might be pretty pretty difficult. No. No. There's been games that's done it before. Max Payne, famously, is a game that's pretty much done Gunfu, like Guns Akimbo at the very least. And then there was another... um, there's another good John Woo game based off of uh, Hard Boiled called Stranglehold that pr- kind of did it. There's been games that's okay. done it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with all that stuff, so all I right. have to leave that to Roddy Cat's expertise. Uh, there, is, there is, and I've talked about this before, another John Wick game that is actually out already. It had so much potential, unfortunately, did not, was not good. And it was stri- a turn-based strategy, so it, it had promise. It just didn't... Um, wasn't that great, sadly. Uh, next up, though, New Power Rangers Lightning Collection figures brings two more Sixth Rangers to the collection. Oh, right, these two. Uh, Hasbro has recently announced that a couple of new members of the Power Rangers Lightning Collection, like I said, both of these figures are available to pre-order now through Hasbro Pulse, which actually reminds me of something I need to do after the show. Not, not having to do with Power Rangers, though. Uh, for $33.99 with a release set for March 2023. Uh, those two Rangers are Andros from Power Rangers in Space and the Space Cycle. And also, um, as you can see, the, the pictures here. Um, da, 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 that's Andros. I mean, that's not, excuse me, that's not Andros. Wait, um, Andros is Red Ranger. Uh, Zane is the, is the Ranger's name. Silver Ranger. And the blue centurion is the other figure. So, there you go, folks. Next up. Unfortunately, due to the broader economic economic climate, it's been reported that uh, by Funko Incorporated that they have a sharply higher inventory with mass change delay chains, mass stores, like chain stores, mass chains delaying or canceling orders in its third in its quarter three report and conference call citing the broader economic climate. So that's tough. Yeah. Which is also kind of slightly funny because I, my wife was watching The View and it was Whoopi Goldberg's birthday and apparently she loves Funko Pops and was giving a bunch away or giving a sort of thing away. So who knew? Um, first look at Batman Hush figure revealed, revealed by Todd McFarlane. Uh, let's see... Fans of McFarlane toys and the company's uh, superheroes, uh, superhero collectibles will soon be able to own a Batman figure inspired by Hush Hush Storyline. Excuse me. Uh, It's getting late, folks. Founder Todd McFarlane shared a first look at the new Batman figure on Twitter. uh, And he's rocking the blue and gray uh, outfit. As you can see here from the video version, if you are so watching, which you should sometimes. Uh, Yeah, there we go. All is glory. Uh, da, 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 da. It says the cover creates the figure that is on uh, of uh, Batman six hundred eight, uh, which I believe is Jim Lee's artwork. Uh, so there's that, and there's the picture. There's the cover itself. I'm looking for a price, which I am not seeing. So, but it says coming soon. So I guess we'll know more when that when that whenever that is the case. Next up. Alrighty, next up. 
I'm sorry, I have to reload my sheet, so just give me a second. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry, folks. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? McFarlane Shazam 2 figure features a shockingly accurate face sculpt. So that's the that's the gist of this story, folks. Uh, Zachary Levi, his likeness is very striking here on this seven-inch figure. I can't remember if the trailer that was that that's the new trailer for the new movie that's out is like brand brand new or not. But I know I saw it when I was in the theater. yeah it did yeah it did feature. Uh, yeah. before Wakanda Forever. I got the same one. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. This is I don't think it's brand, brand new. I think that would that had dropped recently. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, because I don't remember uh, seeing it or us talking about it. So, um, DC's Death of Superman Anniversary and Wildcats uh, lead new releases, which, yeah, both of those came out. I, I forgot about the, the Wildcats number one that came out this week, but I don't right. have any, the affinity of it, so I wasn't going to read it anyway, but I did mention that the Death of the Superman um, anniversary, 30th anniversary special, also came out this week. So, there you go. That's pretty much the, the crux of this article. Next up. All right. Uh, now we've got a string of sad stories. Yes. First up, Kevin O'Neill. Kevin O'Neill, comic artist and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen co-creator, has passed away. He is an iconic uh, British artist. And uh, let's see here. He worked on Nemesis the Warlock and Martial Law in the 1980s. I remember seeing his work on Martial Law from a friend who uh, was a fan of the book. And uh, his most famous project was, uh, a lot of people remember, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in 1990. He, he launched that in 1999 with Alan Moore. And uh, Kevin O'Neill was only 69 years old. And yes, for those folks who've only seen the League of Extraordinary um, Gentlemen movie, yes, that is the comic book in question. Yes. Um, which, man, that's a movie. Um, I, I have not watched that movie. So I, you're, you're, I, I dare say you're not. Am I better off? You probably, unless you want to see um, uh, 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 Sean Connery kind of phoning it in a little bit, you know. But gotcha. Outside of that, eh, you're not really missing much. Understood. Acclaimed comic artist, comic book artist, um, which also kind of might, might put that on the movie thing that I have for my Discord. We'll see. Uh, acclaimed comics artist, the comic book artist Carlos uh, Pacheco, has died following a battle with ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Um, he was 60 years old uh, from Spain and started his career doing Spanish editions of Marvel Comics. Became a fixture in the American comics market in the mid-90s before becoming one of the most beloved artists in comics with runs uh, on titles like The Avengers uh, and Superman. I would I know him from his Avengers stuff. Um, right, Avengers Forever specifically. That's the one that people keep uh, kept bringing up this uh, the, since he's passed so the last couple of days, so yes. Um... He revealed that that's a typo. Wow. He revealed his diagnosis earlier this year, uh, announced his retirement, and uh, told fans that his, uh, about his final published work uh, would be a cover he did for Damage Control, which I believe came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
but yeah, the he he passed on the ninth, which uh, was a couple of days uh, prior to this recording. So it was a uh, you know, and of course, you know, in true fashion, the comics uh, creators were 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 coming out and uh, you know talking about their favorite stuff by him and including that uh, Avengers Forever uh, stuff that he's done, which I find myself probably going back and rereading. Because I vaguely, I vaguely remember that one. I mean, I've seen it and I think I've read it. I just don't remember it. So. I own it. I have it. I have at least the first issue, if not more, of it signed by Carlos Pacheco. I met him once mm-hmm. because obviously he lives in Spain and he was not a fixture at all. It was he made very rare East Coast comic book con, Comic Con appearances. I did not see him at a New York Comic Con. It was at a smaller con. It might have been a Wizard Con when Wizard was still doing cons. Okay. Um. I was very fortunate to have met him and I was honored to, you know, have, 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 I, I shook his hand and had him sign, you know, he did a piece for the heroes, um, nine 11 tribute book. And I, I'm pretty sure now, you know, if I'm, if I have the, the, the wherewithal to stay up tonight or maybe just do it tomorrow, um, to, to check out my back issues and check out my Avengers forever run and see what Carlos Pacheco signed. Because I was very saddened to get this news on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, let's see. It says here that Marvel Comics issued a tribute to Pacheco on their official Twitter account, confirming that the artist has passed away. Quote, we mourn the loss of a dear part of the Marvel family, comic artist and writer uh, Carlos Pacheco, Marvel wrote. Uh, His legacy of iconic designs and storytelling like Avengers Forever, Fantastic Four, X-Men, Excalibur, that's another place I remember his stuff from, Captain America, and more will be remembered. Our thoughts are with his loved ones. And uh, I, we, I, it's safe to say we can we reiterate that also, that sentiment. Absolutely. Rest in power. Indeed. Next up. Danny Bulanati, longtime Marvel comic book inker who had years-long runs on both Captain America and Fantastic Four, Part of his long association with penciler Paul Ryan has passed away at the age of 76. Bulanati was born in Manila, Philippines in 1946. He grew up copying American comic books that his mother would buy him. So he studied, he went to work with the legendary Filipino artist Tony D. Zuniga. And uh, he, he, and well, he uh, had a very familiar friend to myself, uh, and fellow Filipino artist Romeo Tangal, uh, who inked George Perez on New Teen Titans. That's how I know him. And, uh, you know, they were at the forefront uh, of the movement to work of uh, DC's push to work with Filipino artists in the United States in the 1970s. So, yeah. Uh, you know, he was a trailblazer. He moved in. He moved over to the Marvel side in 1980, where he became uh, a regular inker there. So uh, I don't recognize the name, not nearly as much as Romeo Tangal. But at the end of the day, if I if I looked into my comics, I probably will see his name in various places. Right. Yeah. I same here. But you know, I I can't say that there are too many inkers named currently anyway. So outside of those that we talk about, uh, you know, on the show. So, there is that. Um, Sonic Frontiers Prologue Convergence is out, and it is free. 
So, Sonic Frontiers is a video game. Um, in the the latest in the Sonic franchise, it is out. I have seen a bunch of people playing it. <laughs> if, if it was if it wasn't that, it was God of War. Uh, but there apparently is. I don't know if this is a prequel book, but it's definitely a tie-in book to the video game uh, that is out that you can go and download free. Or excuse me, you can read, not download. Excuse me, you can free uh, read freely on IDW's website. Um, which if you go into the show notes, you can go and, uh, get that from the article next up. All right. So I think this is our last story. It is. I'm just having some trouble pulling this up. Give me a second. Where's the link? Aha. Here we go. All right. Sorry, folks. I did not have an opportunity to open this up ahead of time. So a reprint of all Negro comics is available now on Kickstarter. So this is the first and uh, that was the first anthology of black characters created by black cartoonists. And it has been remastered for today's readers and beyond. Uh, The following is part of a press release. So 75 years ago, journalist Oren C. Evans led a talented team of cartoonists to create all Negro comics. Number one, the first comic book anthology of original black characters created by black talent with the express purpose of entertaining while rejecting harmful stereotypes and pushing boundaries in the industry. Uh, this um, anthology is set to return via Kickstarter on November. So it, it happened last week. Uh, actually, earlier this week. On November 7th, 2022, with an archival reprint of the book, uh, and it has some new stories by black creators. For more information, please go to All Negro Comics. The book was originally released in 1947, only eight years after Action Comics number one. Six years after Captain America number one. And a whole 19 years before Black Panther hit the pages of Fantastic Four. Okay. There you go. Um, I'm looking at the Kickstarter now, and they had a pledge goal of 6,000, of which they have now doubled, or they have doubled as um, as of now. And they oh, still good have, for them. Yeah, 24 days to go. I might actually um, try to back this. There's, there's a couple things I've been wanting to back on Kickstarter. We shall see. Uh, and that is it, folks. Uh, the last thing before we leave the... Um, I do actually have a little bit of Toy Corner. Okay, well, then before we do that, I would just like to um, interest the the video versions of this nice picture of um, uh, the MCU's Namor doing a Kamehameha. He's not. Oh, you really, have that up. I do have that up. Yeah. Okay. It's not. He's not. He's actually doing that, but it, it was. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> what do you have for us, sir? I, I I always chuckle. Is that how is that is that how they pronounce it in uh, in the dub, Kamehameha? Yeah, so with emphasis on certain things at times. But yes. Oh, because I'm just like, why does he pronounce it like that? It's Kamehameha. I mean, they, they also they also pronounce it like that. Also depends on when. Oh. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Depends on when gotcha. and how fast they're tr- how fast they're trying to put one out understood yes. you know like i said folks i i say this all the time i watch the subs so <laughs> um for toy corner this week i wanted to mention that uh an old buddy uh surprised me with a marvel legends gift and it was of his favorite uh uh, one of his favorite characters growing up, and it was something that I had mentioned that I had been 
uh, looking for and had not yet acquired. And that is from the Bone Breaker Build a Wave, Build a Figure Wave uh, of X Men Marvel Legends. It's specifically the uh, OG Havoc. So I am going to hold this very still so that people can see what this looks like. Uh, I may have to drop my virtual background. Uh, oh, no, here we go. So as you can see, uh, it is, you know, it's not that different from the more modern take of Havoc that we've gotten. It's still a very basic black costume, but the headdress is much more traditional than the, um, the, uh, the uncanny Avengers version of Havoc that we got uh, some years back. So I'm glad to get to have got received this. Thank you for the gift. Thank you so much. That was cool. <laughs> I'm also kind of shocked that you didn't already have one. I hadn't gotten around to it. Like I said, it came up in conversation. Right. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, with that, folks, uh, let us get one more ad read out of the way. Our last ad reader that I, and you know what we read when it's late and we've been at this for a while. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit CSPN.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or Marvel Legends. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. All right, folks, that is it for this show for this week. Um, we don't really have much for next week, uh, um, um, cinematic-wise. I mean, we've got another episode of Andor. I think that's about it. Yes. Actually. Yeah. Yes, we yeah. have two more. Yeah. Um, I know that... Um, that Guardians of the Galaxy specials coming up, but that's like in two weeks. So, and I don't, I will probably be watching it. Who's to say? I mean, why not? We're already in for it. Either way, um, yeah, I don't see anything else on the horizon for that. So, we'll be back at our regular bat time, regular bat channel. That's, that's pretty much what we're going to say. So, I have been Rydicat. You can find me at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News Notes on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. If you look closely at one of those places you can see my face partial of my face before i take that post down <laughs> uh agent underscore 70 on twitter and, and instagram i don't do face reveals folks and this is this is all you're gonna get this is it and agent 70 will tell you i used to not do that <laughs> But anyway, uh, PC and Unscored Dirt on Twitter, PopCultureNet on Twitter, PopCultureNetwork.com is on all the umbrella sites therein. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account, uh, The Click Nation on Twitter, which T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, all one word, TheClickNation.com. And, of course, he is over at uh, comicbook.com where he's over to writing his face off. Face off it's a terrible movie, but in this re in this uh, regard, it's fine. 
Uh, you can find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. And if you like Face Off, you can fight me or bite me. One of the two, because it's not good. Um, Shots fired! I'm just saying. If you want a good John Woo Hollywood movie, Mission Impossible 2. There you go. Um, or just go to his older stuff. Hard Boiled, yeah, The Killer. Yeah, that's what I do. Yes, Hard Boiled, The Killer, Better Tomorrow, that stuff. I don't even know what's going on with that new Better Tomorrow or what, the, I don't, but whatever. Old stuff. Thumbs up. Way up. Um, where was I? You can also find us on your podcast, Bruiser Plays of Trust, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, um, Spot, um, Yes, or aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five star reviews. As soon as I find a good copy of Hardboard, that will be shown on, that will be a, a movie that's going to come up somewhere. Because uh, I already got a copy of The Killer. We're good. Um, let me stop that. Uh, you can also find us recording every Thursday night to 9.30ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the uh, YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles where we thank folks for being here in the audience, whether you're whether you have lurked or spoke. Make sure to click like, subscribe, get on our Twitch feed. Uh, no, is it Twitch? It's Twitch, yeah. Yeah, Twitch. Yeah, subscribe to that, please, so we can, uh, you know, post some older content. Leave us all the reviews that are good. Yeah. And with that, folks, uh, we will be back next week, same back time, talking about that channel, like we said. But on our regular night, uh, go out and see Wakanda Forever if you so plan to, and let us know what you think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. If you didn't like it, don't, because I don't want to hear that nonsense. Oh, like it's it, okay. We'll, it's not okay. Well, you know, it's. <laughs> I, I happen to think that if you have some criticism of it, I think the fairest criticism is that there's just a little bit too much movie for this movie. But you know, there was some heavy lifting with the with the with the, with all they did with it. But I don't, you know, yeah. it's, it is what it is. Um, but no, I, you're not, I was if you're not a fan of. And I was going to say, if you're not a fan of Disney Plus. If you don't keep up with the Disney Plus stuff, you know, more and more, you know, you kind of need it to figure out why certain characters appear. Especially one that was quite surprisingly more prominent than I expected they would have been. (laughs) Right. With a tie-in to a character that was not from the comics. Yes, exactly. That that threw me off. I'm like, what? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What? Yes. Watch the movie. You'll understand if you've been if, exactly. if you kept it up. We're not spoiling Disney. anything, folks. Yes, we're just indeed. saying, you know, we're we're making very open, you know, like kind of broad statements about a certain character. Indeed. And with that, folks, this has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Before I peace out, oh. I want to just remind everyone: right over left. Peace one. Wakanda forever!